I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Must I say it again? I said it before. Move out the way when I'm coming through the door. Me, heavy, as light as a rock. Guys, watch. Even some of the girls clock. Step back. It ain't that type of party. No reply if you ain't somebody. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we are in the house on a Tuesday. Yep, yep that's right y'all tuesday november the 5th make sure you get out there and vote i know a lot of you guys probably forgot to vote today but it's okay it's gonna be your fault when republicans take over again but <laughs> uh you know it's also a special tuesday because agents of shield is back on the air today mm-hmm. so um i finally have something to watch tonight um and we have a uh, somebody that hasn't been on the show in a long time and uh, a lot of people have been clamoring to hear this person back on the show. A known, very controversial guest. A co-host, some would even say. I would say it. <laughs> uh, my man, Justin, man. What's up, dog? It's been a while. But 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 <laughs> Jay Trill. What's going on, man? Skiwee. How you doing, Brandy? Hello. Uh, we also have a person that hasn't been on the show in a long okay. time. Not as controversial of a guest, but um, we did have our own before, and we tried to talk about uh, the, the HBO show Girls, Girls. and uh, the conversation just got so out of control and stuff. I just was like, man, I hope she uh, doesn't feel like this is the best representation of what podcasting has to offer. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I follow her on Twitter, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I know that she does stand-up, and I see her talk about it sometimes. She's very funny. And, uh, you know, I'll just be like, okay, that's cool. But I forgot to ask her back on the show. Um, so randomly one day I was talking to her and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to have you back on the show a year ago. So, <laughs> uh, I reached out to her, man. Uh, it's Brandy, aka it's the Brandy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, who, um, is, is a very funny lady that mm-hmm. you all should be following her. She is. Um, she uh, has a website, houseofprocrastination.org, and blacksploitationpodcast.com. What's going on, Brandy? Hey. Yeah, last time I was on, it got weird because uh, Karen somehow did not pay attention to my avatar. She was like, are you white? And I was like, no, I'm just in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I, I didn't know. I see. I, I actually see you now. Last time I didn't, I didn't have the capability yeah. of seeing you. She was like, this white woman sure does hate girls. I mean... Uh-huh. Girls are supposed to be an inspirational show. So it was show. weird because she'd been following me for quite a while on Twitter. It's yes. always like my profile. Well, you know what it is, Brandy. Your profile picture is like, I'm assuming you as a kid or something. Yeah, I didn't change races, so that's... Yeah, well, no, what I was going to say is um, it has a very catfish-esque quality to it. You know, like, what is this person hiding a lot of behind people- this profile picture? Uh, I was, uh, very, uh, I didn't say anything because, you know, I didn't know if it would be appropriate or whatever. But when you sent me like a link to your stand up, um, uh, on Twitter, uh, my first thought was, Brandy's attractive? Why she got that fucking picture up there? <laughs> like, like, my whole thing was like, well, wouldn't you be hiding like 400 pounds or something on that? Like, that's normally how it goes on catfish. So I did know. I was, uh, extremely surprised. There's someone in my town who I, uh, I follow on Twitter. I just haven't met him yet. And he, he thinks I'm catfishing him too. They were like, no, we've met her. That, that's, she's real. She's real. You're, you're so. the, the best kind of catfish, you know? 
it's like oh i fell in love with a picture of uh, from 1978 with an orange tint and a it was a little baby um but she says that she's a black woman that lives in minnesota and then you show up and you're like oh shit well i lucked I'm out i'm surprised right you know, I was looking at Brandon Pitch and I was like, hmm, should I be on my best behavior today? <laughs> right. Like, like, there's some eye candy. Like, Karen, looking at Karen is like looking at your little sister. Mm-hmm. Or oh, something oh, like that. Not for me. I fuck her. <laughs> for me, anyways. But with Brandon being on camera, it's like, hmm. So yeah. you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked, man. So I was, uh, but, um, also, man, the stand up was extremely funny too, man. Um, now I have to ask you this because I've been following you for so long what is the like is there like some sort of like controversy where you like i don't want my stuff to blow up too much because most comedians i follow it's like every other tweet is like here's some shit i'm working on hey look at this shit i did hey y'all you know and and you're more kind of reserved i would never even know if you didn't tell me i think because uh i mean it's you know a lot of comedians i talk to one of my really good friends and mentors it's better to be seen you know when your stuff is really polished better to be seen too late than too early Mm. So how long have you been doing? I don't need all my stuff out there. It's, you know, when it's when it's ready, I give it to people. And when you know, it's just nice coming out of nowhere. Everyone's like, "Oh wow, you're all polished. You're good to go." So uh, that's what I like to do. I don't like to show my rough work. No, that's what open mics are for. If you see me live, that's one thing. But I don't need to put all my work in progress out there. How how long you been doing stand up? Uh, four years last month. Four years is is it ever gonna is it ever enough? You know what I mean? Like, when do you feel like you will know? Like all right, motherfucker, it's Brandy, the stand-up comedian, motherfucker. I'm in the house. Like, when will you know, like, that's how you introduce yourself? I don't think you ever will. I honestly don't. I think even, like, the top comedians, they're always, like, it could be better. That could have been better. You know, Dave Chappelle even is like Mm -hmm. that, too. So, I mean, I have, you know, you have that good show where you're like, yep. Are you, you know, you have that. But there's always, like, the next show where it can, you can just bomb. So, you know. Comedians are an interesting case study because they're so, like, to do what they do, you have to be kind of supremely confident and somewhat, like, self-important. Like, you really have to, like, my take on this is important enough and funny enough to share. But, um, yeah, it's kind of weird when that doesn't, like, jive up because then it's also like, well, I'm not that great. Well, I mean... I did speech and debate in high school and college, so I'm really good at public speaking. But if you meet me, I'm kind of awkward in person. I'm not, you know, I think there are a lot of comedians like that who are actually introverts. But mm-hmm. on stage, we can, you know, it's just us with the microphone. We don't have to interact with you. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy to me, man. Um, but um, the other thing is, like, um, whenever I do see you on Twitter, you always have, like, some really funny and poignant stuff to say. Um, and one of the things, topics that we talk about a lot of times is like, you know, blackness and black shit. Cause we black, you know how we, we be blacking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is that like being in Minnesota? Because yeah. I'm assuming that, you know, it's not a ton of black people. Nobody so, but you and be cold. Yeah. Is it good because you're kind of like the well, authoritarian? I, mean, I mean, that's a perception that I think people have that's kind of, Wrong. We have the number one, for example, we have the most Somalis expats in the country. Us in Portland, Maine, which is really weird. Um, you know, I'm in, I'm in Minneapolis. My family's from here. I'm like third generation Minneapolis. There, are, it, it's, you know, there are a fair amount of black people where I live. Okay. And, uh, but you know, where I perform comedy, um, you know, there's some black people there, but I think that, you know, and I went to private school with all like rich white people. 
uh, I got a scholarship there. But I, I mean, you know, you, it's what I know and I adapt to it. And, you know, it's, I don't really know how to, like, it's all I know. Um, but it's, you know, it, it could be culture shock for a lot of people. If they're just coming into that. And they're not used to Minnesotans in general. I think Minnesotans are kind of weird behaving. Like we're really passive aggressive. Uh, sometimes a little too friendly, but not in like the way that like Southerners tend to be friendly, but just in this like, we don't want to, we don't want to, we won't say anything about anything that offends us or we'll just get really, really sensitive about stuff. So, yeah, you kind of adapt, but. Yeah, it's, it's weird too. Cause like, um, the same thing happens with us. Like we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, but then like, uh, every, like the other day, someone, um, Fire Fire 100, I think is their name on Twitter was like, Oh, well, you guys are out there in the country, so you probably know about such and such. I was like, if you took me to the country, <laughs> we would die. Like, yeah, I don't like, know shit about anything out. I'd be out here like, so where's the closest Domino's? Is, uh, oh, is, yeah, can we just go yeah, to Whole Foods and pick up trees, some corn? It ain't trees for miles and cows and shit. We actually got buildings. I hope y'all know this. Well, where I went to college, I went to college in Massachusetts, but it's in like the far western part of Massachusetts. So, like, in 2004, they just got cell phone service, that kind of, and I went camping <laughs> freshman year for, like, you know, the freshman orientation. I was like, nope, back to the city. I'm very, I, like, if I get, like, a half hour outside the Twin Cities, I'm like, nope, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, we got, we got an associate that went to law school out there. If you ran into him, I hope he didn't offend you. Yeah, his name is Vic, and uh, you know him if you met him, and uh, we apologize. <laughs> We apologize. On, on all the people from yeah. North Carolina. He would have just went ahead and started <laughs> arguing with you right away. That's, I'll that's, argue back. I, I have no problem arguing. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, what's your name? Brandy? Your name ain't Brandy! <laughs> like, goddamn, man. Get to know the people first, Vic. Um, very nice guy, though. Very guy. And, very and nice be, guy. being a comedian and being a woman, um, have you ever faced uh, dealing with uh, sexism? Like, Because a lot of people have a theory that women aren't funny even some women think that women aren't funny so have you ever really had to deal with that and like actually kind of prove yourself like i am funny um i mean i think that constantly like it's, it's a weird situation because i haven't had that yet where it's like people th- are like oh women aren't funny i think that and let me preface it with it's kind of a harder situation for me to tell as a black woman it's like it also like my comedy is kind of quirky and weird so it could be one of it could be like i just don't like what you're talking about could be, you know, you're black, could be you're a woman who knows what it is. But, um, I think that generally, like, a lot of it's kind of more like institutional, like, you know, guys will write together, they'll hang out together, or like guys will take each other on trips, and they won't necessarily want to take a woman, their girlfriend might not be cool with you sharing a hotel room or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that, that happens, and it, you know, just have to deal with it. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys get pissed at a funny, confident woman, and they're just going to have to learn to suck it up and deal with it. So, I mean, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's, it, I think it's a lot of it, like, for me, I'm not saying comedy is easy, but for me, writing and creating material isn't the hard part. It's, like, the dealing with the people and dealing with the business and dealing with rejection and dealing with just a lot of immature man-children. Mm. <laughs> um you know, just like, yeah, like, honestly, if I had all the money in the world, I'd pay for so many comics to go to therapy, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, it just, but, you know, whatever, I chose it, and, you know. But what about the poor Somalian children that wouldn't get to eat because you would spend all the money on the world fixing comedians? 
If they're in Minnesota, they can find food to eat. So. <laughs> How do you, um, when you guys are backstage, um, you know, I guess getting loose, watching the other comedians, do y'all ever have roast sessions where you're just kind of like, just to warm up, just like, not, I don't want to say your mama jokes, but you know, just kind of roast sessions. I think that's just how it generally is. You've got a bunch of friends or a bunch of funny people. They'll just crack jokes on each other anyway. Um, it's not like everyone like sits down, we have an organized roast, but you know, if it's before a show or something, usually everyone's just focused and doing their own thing and they're backstage. Uh, but if it's just an open mic and you're waiting around, I mean, sometimes, you know, people just bust each other's balls. Whenever you see other women comedian, do you be like, hey, it's another woman too? If I see a black woman comedian, it's like Kwanzaa in July. I'm just like, hey, let me talk about this bullshit that just happened. Like I met Aisha Tyler uh, on Friday, and it was I. Everyone was like, wow, you're so happy and excited. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's exciting seeing someone who you know um, went through the same things you did, kind of. And I have you know I have a good friend who's a mentor who's ahead of me, and she you know she says uh, you should check her out. Her name's Tracy Ashley. Um, look her up. Hilarious, uh, based out of Chicago, um, national headliner. She opened for Dave Chappelle last year here in Minnesota. But, you know, it's just funny because I'll tell her stuff and she'll be like, oh, that's so adorable. That's happened to me too. Like, yeah, you're not the first. I'm like, I know. I just need to pitch about it. It's hard. It's hard. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing about women comedians that I've generally encountered and I'm not like, that we typically like, don't have the stupid blowouts that the dudes have. Like there might be women comedians who don't get along and they might talk shit, but we're good at like keep it quiet, talk shit behind someone's back. <laughs> Instead of like male comedians who I have seen male comedians throw punches over Facebook posts. And the women would never do that. Yeah. Yeah, we covered a comedian that um he was quote unquote bombing and a journalist like kind of said a few things about him in the audience uh tweeting yeah and he like went and punched a guy in the face and it was like that seems like a totally not appropriate reaction <laughs> to someone that did not enjoy your comedy yeah women women do sneakier things i mean i i don't have any story but like women we you know we know how to keep our shit together in public for yeah. the most part um yeah. side related question does aisha taylor have those big hands that they make fun of her archer She's pretty tall. I mean, I didn't really look at her hand. Like, she autographed something for me, and I, like, took a picture with her and I chat for about five minutes. She's pretty tall, so yeah, they're not, tall. you know. She is so tall. I, she she's did. Like six feet tall. And I'm pretty, I'm five seven, so. She went to, um, to, uh, Comic Con or something like that, where, uh, or wherever they were announcing, like, it might have, no, it was E3. She was doing, like, the press conference for, like, Activision or one of these companies. And it was her and then like the CEO or whatever of the company was like a five foot two Asian dude. It could not have looked more <laughs> hey, hilarious. Like a foot and a half than he yeah, was. he's just like looking up to her and like it felt like she was gonna pick him up at some point and carry him off stage like a baby. Um, cause she's just so tall, man. But uh yeah, um the other thing too now, um, as like how many women are in like your area that do stand up? Like what is the scene like? Well, like Minneapolis, a lot of people don't seem to know. Minneapolis has a really nice scene. It's a, it's an insane scene, and we're really fortunate to have it here. I mean, it's it's kind of like a hidden gem, but it's great because if like national people come here, they could, you know, it's the first time they see a lot of us. So it's we're, we they don't they're not used to seeing us over and over again. Um, there are a fair number of women. They're 
like I went to an open mic at uh, my home club yesterday, and there were, in terms of black people, there were six of us there uh, mm. that I regularly see, and that wasn't even everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big scene. A lot of people coming out of it, going to New York, L.A., it turns out a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's, it's a fairly good scene. You can go to an open mic. You can get stage time every day of the week. Plenty. Of, there are three great clubs. Um, Acme is my home club. Um, I'm going to actually be opening for Nick DiPaolo next Monday, Tuesday. Um, you know, Nick Swartzen came out of Acme. Um, uh, Maria Bamford is going to be here at Acme. Why are Maria Bamford's from out there? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's from Minnesota. Um, just a lot of great comedians. So, so how often are you going up? Um, I work at Acme, which is one of the clubs I'm at, uh, a home club. I go, I'm an MC, so there's a rotation of about six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm there every month, month and a half, okay. uh, for a full week. Um, and, you know, I could, their open mic is free. It's 18 plus, And that's, a, it's one of the best open mics ever. It's like a full room, 200 some people. Um, you know, I can go how, up every day if I want to, but I haven't been lately. How often do you do the open mic? Uh, at the open mic, I try to go to that every week, but like lately I've been sick. I had like really bad cold and I had layers. I lost my voice for a week. And that was actually interesting because I first realized how like I'm, like I'm a real comedian now and I need to take care of my voice. <laughs> I, I had a cold and then I went out with some friends and we were in a club that was just like real, it was like a bar. It was just really loud in there. So I was yelling and then about an hour into that, I realized I couldn't talk anymore. And I was like, uh-oh. And I had to turn down gigs. Like, I lost money. I literally could not produce noise. Oh, so I was like, oh, wow, I got to take care of myself. <laughs> that's really going around now. Um, yeah. One of our audience members, she has laryngitis, and she can't, like, teach class and stuff. Um, here's here's the other thing, too, now. I got to ask, because this is a blackout test. We get into the, the, the juicy parts of this. Do you date in the comedy scene? Would you date a comedian? I hear very like diverse opinions from the, the you know the game where it's like <laughs> I would never ever date a comedian again. They're fucking insane. It's not worth it. And then some people are like all I date is comedians. It's such an incestuous scene. Mm-hmm. What what is? Would you date a comedian? I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not trying to. Okay. Like, um, I mean, you know, there are people. I know there are couples where people. Have, are both comedians and they're fantastic couples and then there are people like i don't know i'm i'm a, an attractive woman i have options why do i need to shit where i sleep like, mm-hmm. like it's just basically you know i'm not going to rule it out but i'm not trying to like just hook up with comedians a lot of them i consider my you know like my brothers and, you know mm-hmm. just i know too much about them or they're just not you know and i'm really norm- good friends with love and they're normally broke anyway so you got that and then you know especially if like i don't like that's the thing i never understood about comedy though but i guess to get into it you just have to do it but like if i did sit backstage busting balls with someone for like 30 minutes to an hour or whatever every night i don't think we could ever date because we've (laughs) said too much shit about each other at some point where it's just like cross the line where it's like no i'm not fucking you i mean it's like that i it's like that with people even who i'm friends with like there are certain people who I'm not a fan of roasts personally. Mm-hmm. I'll watch them, but I don't want to be on the dance and I don't want to be roasted because my real friends who know my lines aren't funny and the people who are really funny don't know when to stop. And there's certain stuff that I can't, like there are people who I genuinely like and I know what would hurt them and I can't say that no matter how funny it is. That's, so yeah. 
You know, there are just certain people that don't. I there are people that I'm not friends with anymore who because they don't like, especially after that Trayvon Martin verdict came oh out. Oh my god! Yeah. I defriended so many, many people. people. I, like, and there are people who I was just like, let me be angry. And I'm like, I understand the legal. I'm not saying we should write. Just let me be upset about this. Let me yeah. be upset. And they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I said, no, we're done. And you know. I got a text. They're like, "Oh, why did you defriend me?" And I'm like, "Wow, you're so sensitive when real interpersonal stuff happens." Yeah, I uh, actually lost a friend today, like literally over Trayvon Martin, like just hours ago. I was just like, and they they wrote me and apologized since, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know, man. Like that shit's not cool. Like, and you know better. And it's like, and it's certain things where it's like, you know, I have, like one of my closest friends who I know through comedy is. You know, is a libertarian or Republican? We have like the most civil conversations I've had with anyone politically, and he respects my opinion. I respect his, and even he was like understood why I was upset, and he was like, you know, and he likes guns. He was just like, look, uh, you know, he he wasn't gonna get charged with murder. I'm like, oh no, it would have been manslaughter. He's like, yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, we can have a conversation about like the practicality, but it's, I'm really upset. They're just like, don't tell me to get over it. Don't right. don't tell me to fucking stuff my feelings i actually that told kind of stuff too that's just i can't with that i can't with people who do that in my comedy life in any part of my life yeah i have a like i'm on this email list and i'm the only black person on this email list and so i as you can imagine and there's probably like 20 something people on here all white dudes except one asian dude um and like as you can imagine they say shit from time to time that i'm just like yeah okay guys and i just you know either don't say anything or i just kind of let it roll because i don't want to be fighting every fucking day about the affordable care act or that the truth whatever the fucking crisis of the moment is but um with trayvon martin i just was like um hey man um if y'all are gonna discuss this just take me off because i'm not i'm i am biased and i'm i'm pissed and i'm not gonna not ever let like i'm never gonna not be pissed about this so mm-hmm. if you guys want to have cold clinical analysis of why the media is out of control, just take me off because I don't want to discuss it and it's just going to piss me off. And so they did, you know, because these are my real friends that I see in real life mm-hmm. and shit. And they um, respect you. And I think people kind of forget every once in a while with, you know, so much of the Internet culture being like in chat rooms, message boards, mm-hmm. uh, the comment section. I think people kind of forget that, like, just because you're sending something electronically you may have to see me and I'm still a person and we still have well, to have civil discourse. Yeah. Well, actually my Facebook profile for two years hasn't been me. It's never, uh, which is, <laughs> I, I joke with my friends. I'm passing on Facebook because people's friends just like, it's you can be talking about something about politics that has nothing to do with race. And they see your profile picture as a black person. They're just like, they'll just say some shit. And I've already gotten mad. People are like, I, if you, if you don't check your friends on your wall, when they say something to you, mm. to me, that I take that personally. And if you send me a private message saying, Oh, I'm sorry that happened and you can't be bothered to call your friend out, I will remember that. But right. it's kind of fun being just like my profile picture would be like a cartoon character or something. Cause I, the stuff that happens, people will accuse me of being a white liberal. They'll accuse me of all this <laughs> stuff. They're like, I'm sick of white people coming in here and like trying to speak for black people. And then my friends who all know exactly what I'm doing won't know not to say anything and just let me go. And I'm like, well. <laughs> Okay, let's just keep having this conversation. And people <laughs> will show their ass on Facebook. Yes, they will. And on, yeah. on Twitter, I have it as my profile picture because I do make a lot of jokes like out of context. If you didn't know I was black, they'd be like, uh-oh. But like on <laughs> Facebook, I'm just like, it's it's kind of fun. So I'm like, well, that tells me a lot about your friends. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so it's, 
it hasn't been that for two years, and it's just it's amazing. I was like, after the Trayvon Martin thing went down, like the stuff people were saying when I was in Threads and they didn't know I was black, and mm. it's you know it's that kind of stuff too, where I just tell people's friends, I'm like you know, and if one of my friends says like fag or something on my wall, I will take that down. I'll, I'll call them out publicly because I have gay friends, and I would want them to do the same thing for me as a black person, and you know that's just. I just think that that's the right thing to do. But, yeah, it's just like a lot of people, you know, need to, in general, just need to know people's lines and not, like, how can you look at someone in the face like, oh, I'm just joking. It's like, no, you're a human being. Like, you're just joking on stage. That's one thing. But when we're having a conversation as friends and nobody else is watching, like, you need to respect my feelings that this this isn't a a performance. Right. That's true. And, And what I've realized... The Facebook and Twitter are like two separate culturals, cultures mm-hmm. all in their own. And when, when, especially with a lot of the Trayvon Martin stuff, most people didn't fall out with their, with the people that they knew. A lot of times they fell out with people that, that are friends of friends. A lot of times I heard like these people that don't really know you would come on and make comments, things like that. And what I realized about social media, especially Facebook, a lot of people fail to realize people are real people and, and you putting stuff out there thinking you're being funny, thinking you're being smart, making these crude comments, and you don't expect any repercussions for your actions. We live in a society where people feel like they can just do whatever the fuck they want to do, and nobody's supposed to tell them that they're wrong and they're not correct. And it's very uh, frustrating at times. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and on uh, Facebook, for example, I was friends with my little cousin who's like eight years younger than me. His friend, my little cousin isn't on Facebook, but his friend who's white is on Facebook and posted some picture of like, Oh, Trayvon Martin had drugs, you know, or something like all this stuff. Like, and you're surprised he got shot. And I, I would never normally do this, but I screenshot like that picture and said to my cousin, because my this kid had held my cousin's like son who's like five, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, and my cousin lost it. He was like, man, like my cousin grew up around mostly white people at the school he went to. He was like, that could have been me. Like, I cousin basically took him to task, and I was like, I'm sorry, I had to do this. And it was just like heartbreaking that I had to basically show him his friend's true side. Yeah, see, that's the other reason I don't want to have the anonymous account is I don't want to find out this shit because I'd rather uh, us be civil to each other, even if it's just you being like, well, I'm not going to say this because Rod's black. Uh, I would take that over you fucking around and being like, well, listen, I'm just tired of these niggers. And I've had to be like, ha ha, white man, it's really me. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't think I, I could I deal also, with depression. I didn't do it to like, you know, a lot of times I just wanted to have like a normal, like political discussion on Facebook or something. Mm. And then people just take it racial, like weirdly. Yeah. Not, so like just weird stuff where I'm like, oh, like, man, I can't believe, you know, something about like that had nothing. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you know the health care everyone's like because you're black and i was like but i paid for my own health care and i was like i don't know right. the issue now i had it happen matter of fact i had it happen a day uh this is the black Altist podcast you can find us at the black com. itunes stitcher <laughs> podomatic all that good shit um leave comments uh become a premium member uh you know leave five star reviews on itunes we appreciate all that shit uh we are sponsored by adam and eve and um adam and eve right now uh let me find some sexy music real quick gotta get um, sexy sexy yeah um adam and eve is um very special so if you're a fellow or a lady you might want to um look into going to adamandeve.com and treating yourself treat your genitals right people that's correct make sure that you uh get 50 percent off of one item just about any item in the store will you put in the code tbgwt in the checkout but that's not all people you also get three free adult dvds 
full of white people having sex with each other that probably all think Trayvon Martin was a thug. And you can also get uh, a free central gift that's so central. I can't tell you what it is. And free shipping. Put in code TBGWT when you go check out. And you'll get all three of these things. And uh, you can thank us later, man. Appreciate it. If surprise yourself. All right. Um. So, like, what happened was... Uh, what I don't the taser and bullet ball? Or we ever do that? The official weapon of the show is... The taser. And the unofficial sport. Is bullet ball. A bullet ball is three. <laughs> um, so, um, I was talking um, on the thread um, with the white people. Um, it came up uh, the Martin versus uh, Richie Incognito story that's going on in, in Miami. I don't know if you guys are all familiar. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, basically, um, it's NFL hazing gone way too fucking far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, instead of, uh, ending at just the normal pranks that they do, it got racial and turned to harassment. So some people have been running with the word saying that he got bullied and bullying is wrong. And that's a trigger word for some people. Um, and I think trigger words work both ways in this country. Yes, they do. Which was my only point when I commented on this with all these guys talking. He's like, well, the, this is a trigger word and the media is just using this to get attention. And I was like, yeah, but isn't it a trigger word both ways? It triggers the people who go bullying. I, I'm a soccer mom and I would have not followed this story, but bullying is wrong and they go click on it. But it also triggers the people who are like, we use bullying too much as a word and I hate that word and it he's a 300 pound man how can he be bullied click so I was like you guys are both kind of clicking the link you guys are both like it it works both ways so then the guy was like well um it's kind of like the Trayvon Martin situation how the, the media made that a racial case and I was like that case was about race before the media got involved or at all like it was a that was always about race and so one of the guys is like, well, nah, it's not a race case. It's not like it was a hate crime or it was about civil rights. I was like, man, you know, that's not what the fuck I was talking about. I was like, um, the ability to discuss race, like just as the media, which is what we were talking about, that is something that was pertinent to this case. And it was like a worthwhile discussion. Now, did anything fruitful come from it? I think you can debate that. Um, was it necessarily t- handled with any tact? You can debate all that shit, but, the fact is, it was a racial element to it, and people want to talk about it, and it's not a court of law. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy used this phrase where he was like, see, you bought into the aggressive group think about Trayvon Martin, and I just was like, what is this shit? Like, why are you framing this as anyone that disagrees or thinks that race played a pack, uh, part in, in this at all? is now no longer able to have their own individual opinion where they arrive to this conclusion the same way that you arrive to the conclusion that it's about self-defense or some shit like that. It's only the people that think it's about race that just fell into aggressive groupthink. And that's him calling right there. He's calling for Brandy. Um, (laughs) I don't know how he got this number. They're coming to get you, Brandy. Yeah. He's like, listen, don't be doing that aggressive groupthink. But it was just so disrespectful because I'm like, we're friends and... Part of us being friends is that there has to be a certain level of respect between us when we're discussing things that we're having, uh, our, these, these are our individual opinions that we arrive to thoughtfully. Cause if not, then you don't respect my opinion. You just think somebody's fucking dictating what I can say. And I was like, um, our show covered Trayvon Martin before it was on any mainstream media. Mm-hmm. 
like we covered it when it was just a grassroots campaign to like get attention to this story when it was still like uh fresh on on just like twitter and shit i was like no one told me what to think i i looked at the facts and was like huh they should probably look into this and so at the end like he you know he like he was acting like an ass and uh i was just like you know what man just take me off of this don't correspond with me anymore i don't want to talk to you about this and i felt insulted or whatever so he emails me privately and was like i'm sorry and apologize and all this shit um which i hate i kind of hate when people do that where they yes. say something in public and then they privately go I'm, my bad yeah I, I i have a big issue with that and i know you're going to go on but i have a motherfucking issue if you show your ass in public you need to goddamn apologize in public right don't hit me up in private talking about hey, hey, hey it's cool no you showed your ass and you embarrassed me in a public format you need to apologize <laughs> yeah, in like the same format like i said before when someone's friend shows their ass on Facebook and then they send me a private message like, I'm sorry that happened. It's like, that already shows me which one of us you respect more. Right. That tells me everything. Because if you respected me equally, you would have called them out in front of everybody. Exactly. Exactly. So that was my, that was one of my, my issues, you know. And when I replied back, I was basically like, you know, I just explained my whole, you know, this is disrespectful. You know, he's like, well, you know, if people call me an asshole in an argument, I don't care. I was like, it wasn't it wasn't name calling Mm-mm. like i don't even care about that to be honest but you shouldn't do it if <laughs> if you want to like keep it amicable you, that's right you like uh like i'm kind of like brandy where brandy says she knows so much shit about her friends that she kind of holds back i'm kind of like that too except i know i'm holding back so mm-hmm. if you like cross a line i'll probably say something that oh, yeah. is irreparable so i you know we'll never be able to fix that relationship so i don't say shit most of the time and I was like, you know, I sit back, I watch you guys have the same opinion uniformly most of the time on every issue. And I don't say shit. There's, it's fucking 90% of this list. Uh, <laughs> it has the same opinion. And I never go, this is groupthink. Don't you think it's weird that every white male over the age of 30 agrees that, uh, healthcare is terrible or something? Like, I just go, okay, all right. Well, then they're having a the time and I move on, wait till they talk about something else. So I was like, you know, one for you to pull that card is patently ridiculous. But then two, like, um, if we're not going to respect each other, we can't be friends. And so he was like, well, we probably kind of see the eye to eye on some of the same things. And at the end of the day, we probably both feel he should have been convicted. And I was like, I actually didn't think he should be convicted. So you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I didn't think they could get murder one. I thought murder one was too, was too much to prove. I think they should have went, they should have went for murder too. But the point being, you never fucking asked my opinion. You just assume mm-hmm. I'm black. Therefore I'm angry. And therefore I want this man to just die. The end of the story. But the thing was, I just wanted to have a trial because I didn't yeah. think you'd even get the one. Trial. That was the whole point of everything. Yeah. You know, if he would have been found guilty, I would have, like, I believe he's guilty. So I would have been excited. But I knew that when you trying to prove murder beyond a shadow of a doubt was a real tough con. But it's funny because, um, like when Brandy was bringing up people see your black picture, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, well, that's cause he's Obama's black. That's why you're saying it. Like, no, motherfucker, I was believing in this shit when white presidents was around and, it too. And, 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 the, and the thing about it, for some reason, people have the opinion that, uh, because you're black and because you have an opinion that somebody has automatically dictated and told you what to think and how to think. Like we can't right. think on our own and on our own behalf. Like we're not intelligent. Like enough. Al Sharpton sent out a memo yes. and I got it and was like, Oh, so this is how I feel now. And, it's like and, that. And that was the thing I was saying was like, it's condescending <clears throat> yes. for you to even frame this discussion as 
you fell into some sort of like trick to think this you like you could not have possibly come to this conclusion on your own i think another thing just you know tying it back to comedy and race is i you know i talk about race in my set i talk about other things too but i talk about like ridiculous things that have happened to me and so many white comics like will say stuff like you know, and I, I, I adore Hannibal Burst. I think he's hilarious. So they'll just be like, I'm glad he doesn't lean on his race, or I'm glad he doesn't talk about his race. So he's, 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 he's not racial. And it's like, well, what if he was? Like, and I talk, just because I talk about race, I was like, I'll stop talking about race when ridiculous shit stops happening involving race. Say that you know, again. Like, I, I talk about my own life. I talk about stuff that happens to me. I'm not saying they're like, have you ever noticed how white people, like, it's not, it's ridiculous stuff that happens to me. As a black woman, why don't you stop talking about shit that happened to you because you have a dick? Like, it's the right. same thing. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people say that. And it's just one of those things where it's like, how dare I talk about something that has influenced my life? Like, I, it, I don't know what it's you. It's so ridiculous. I just don't know what you dark skinned black people are talking about. As, as a light skinned man, I never have any of these issues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just never confronted with any of these things. I just. Yeah, I, yeah, it could be difficult for you to relate. And, uh, I know you probably think we're all falling in the group thing, um, <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just so like, and that was the thing that, like, the first thought I had was, I know that he thinks he would say this to me in real life, but I know he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Like, that was the thing. Like, that he would've. emailed me back, like, you know, I talk like this all the time. And I was like, no, I have to remind you, we've talked, motherfucker. You don't talk like this. Mm-mm. To, you would never say some group thing shit to my face. You that's some internet message board shit where mm-hmm. like some motherfucker knows two black people and they've never exchanged words and he goes black people in group think. It's like no right black people understand racist shit happens sometimes. And I told people I was like fine you know that person I defriended said okay if you want to talk about this you know I'll I'll make the time. Never ever heard from him again. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about face to face. Never, not a big deal to them, I guess. So I was like, well, fuck you too. <laughs> now, the other um, thing that happened today, everybody's going in, which started this, was the uh, Richie Incognito and um, the, uh, I forget the guy's first name, but Martin. Jonathan uh, Martin. Jonathan Martin's um, uh, issue. Um, and I, like yesterday, we kind of covered it, and I think I was, you know, pretty, um, you know, we kind of went in on it, and I think I was pretty clear. But I was thinking about this even more today. And I'm even more in Martin's corner because part of part of the, the, the thing that, that I didn't see yesterday that I'm starting to see today is a lot of people are going after this man's manhood for handling something the textbook way it should be handled. That's right. Without mm-hmm. violence, without escalation, without anything um that like honestly if you read the manual for how you handle workplace harassment this is the process he fucking did it and people are trying to go in on some like let's question his manhood he's a bitch uh how you gonna let your teammates think of this think of you like this but if they were hazing him for two years his teammates weren't respecting him already like how much more could he lose the locker room if this shit was happening they would have been more disrespectful to let this shit continue. Um, and then in addition to that, I also just think that too many people like hyper masculinize, masculinize the football player stereotype, the black male stereotype. And they really want like every problem to be like, and then I walked in there and I punched that motherfucker. And that was the end. It's like, 
I don't know if you guys have been in fights. The fight, the physical fight is typically the beginning of this shit. Mm-hmm. It's almost never the end. Yeah. It's the other thing is those other people in the locker room had to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them, for other people to be like, well, he's not a man because he didn't fight back. It's like, like you said, in any other situation, that's how you want him to handle it. Yeah. But, but when it comes to a black man, you all of a sudden you're supposed to turn the Incredible Hulk, just rip your shirt up, your jeans, kicking right. in doors, punching holes in and, walls. And obviously you would win the fight because you're mad. And that's how fights work. Right. No, no, that, that's not. <laughs> you could be the guy that got your ass whooped by a racist in front of the whole locker room, too. Right. No one talks about that. That, that. Well, there's a, there's an, an OHL hockey case. I'm trying to pull it up so I can send you the link. Mm-hmm. But basically what happened is there's this, there, it was a hazing incident where they were trying to make three rookies ride in the, uh, back of the, in the bathroom on a bus. And one of them, who happened to be a black guy, uh, said, nope. And so the next day at practice, this dude skates up to him and like cross checks him and knocks out one of his teeth. Guy went back to the locker room, got like taken care of, came out and like basically started to fight the guy. It got investigated. The guy who cross checked him got suspended. Coach got suspended. And you know, the league stepped in and like, no, like this is, you, you can't like just go after someone like this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying with like Jonathan Martin, they're just like, Oh, he was a 300 pound guy. But if you look at the pictures, there are plenty of pictures of Jonathan Martin next to, uh, Richie next to Incognito. Incognito could eat Jonathan <laughs> Martin still. Incognito right. is a big, scary dude who clearly has anger management issues. Yep. And like, Jonathan Martin is just like, I'm just trying to keep my job. And if Jonathan Martin had lost his shit, I guarantee the media would have reported it as him being unstable. It's yep. better to be unstable because you walked away than unstable because you're fighting. It's every, it's every workplace drama though, because there's certain people who live in drama Mm -hmm. and then there's normal people and normal people always think like we have these revenge fantasies of like going all Django and shit on people. But to be quite honest, you become the villain in that moment because all of a sudden it's like that person that, that is normal, that's used to trucking in drama. They're just going to be like, yeah, Brandy came in and just lost her fucking mind for some reason. I don't know what's going on. And the last thing you want to do is be the second person in HR when <laughs> you didn't do shit wrong. Now it's like, yeah, Rod just came in and punched everybody. I don't know what's wrong with that nigger. And now I'm the bad guy. Yeah, and that's, I mean, people try to do that to me and, you know, not to the same degree, but in right. comedy, there's just people who just try to like, try to provoke you all the time like other comics other people and you're just like i'm like i don't want to do this and there have been cases where i literally had to screenshot stuff and save it because i was like i may need to go to the cops and that ha- that happened many years ago but i'm just like no i i literally would just say it please do- leave me alone please leave me alone please leave me alone do you find and- you have more issues with um maybe the hometown comedians or when you travel out of town and dealing with the uh, comedians that maybe you haven't worked it- with before it's only it's like very rare i mean if it's hometown like that kind of stuff it just happens with people you that you see a lot and they're insecure and they you know mm-hmm. it, it very rarely happens and most of the time honestly the guy comics will step in and protect me like i have never felt unsafe because in the situation where i had to screenshot there were other people being like no this person is crazy in general and it was this black dude who uh, was really mad because I wouldn't get in. He was calling something racist when it really wasn't. It was like he was a terrible comedian. Um, and he basically was like, because I wouldn't get involved, and I was really new, and I'm like, I don't know what happened, but like that person that you're talking about has always been nice to me, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to get involved in this. 
he got mad because I didn't get involved and then came after me for not getting involved. So it's like that kind of stuff. And there are certain people who just like to provoke you um, for whatever reason. So, you know, you just got to walk away. And, like, I honestly completely – I hope Jonathan Martin – he's just trying to play football and protect his job. Like, right. I hope he, you know, gets to come back and play. And and the, the problem that I have with this whole situation, it's amazing how everybody can tell everybody else what they should and should not do when most people in their real life would take their punk ass to human resources in a heartbeat right. if this bullshit was to happen to you. Some people you, don't even do that. But, but you know what? If you don't, you will probably end up losing your job. Like, if you want to yeah. keep your job in work, you will follow the policies and rules and procedures that have been laid out beyond you. And I don't know what people think that the NFL does not have rules and bylaws and regulations just like your 9 to 5 does. Well, you know what? They don't, for one. But number two, um, it's still the legal way you want to handle it. Yes. For Martin. And I've, like, this happened on Twitter, too. Like, my friend that I went to college with, John, um, when I was talking about it, he was like, even hit me up like, yeah, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, take, if I could take all that, I'd have to say something. I was like, do you know that he didn't say something? Cause I, I keep hearing people say this, but you don't know that he didn't say anything. So he could have said something and it just still kept escalating. Yes. Then, so what would you do then? Okay. You do walk up to Richie Incognito. You say stop. And he goes, yeah, fuck you. You half nigger piece of shit. Then what do you do? it's like he's like well then i, I couldn't i, I would have probably hit him i was like and then that's why this dude is stronger than you yep. Yep. because anyone could have just said they were gonna hit him this guy who's bigger than you captain of the team pro bowler you know that guy anyone could say they would hit him but it would take a, a i was like i and and honestly no and one, everyone's saying here's the other thing that everyone's saying they're like oh it was just Richie Incognito. No, it wasn't just Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito was the ringleader. Right. We're still waiting for us. Like Mike Pouncey's in this mm. and like other people. Like, what are you going to do? It's you versus now more than one person. Yep. And yeah. you're, you, you have no other option but to bring in the big guns, which means you got to go to the, the management. Well, you, yeah. you've seen what they do. They go on Twitter and they become big men there or. They get on Call of Duty and get put those headsets on, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and, and talk all the shit they and, want there and those yeah. uh, arenas. Yeah, um, and and for me, what I realized, a lot of people fail to realize, paperwork goes a lot further than your fist can any day. Because if you right. punch him, guess what? He gonna file paperwork. So you know what? You need to file paperwork too, because at the end of the day, that paperwork speaks a lot he, bigger he, than your and, fist ever. Will. And even if he doesn't, it's still whenever you do decide to report this. It looks like a feud between two people when it's one person bullying, quote unquote, the other person. Yes, because you know, I think just because people have a distaste for the word bullying, that's why they kind of turned on this guy. Because like, oh, I refuse to feel sorry for a grown man, but it's like if you're being racially harassed at work. And I don't even think, yeah, I don't even think we should use the word. I think somebody mentioned this. It's not bullying anymore. This is workplace harassment. Right. It's yes. Flat out workplace harassment. Right. The other the other issue with this is I've I've always said this I kind of jokingly say but all my revenge fantasies involve law mm-hmm. like it involves legally <laughs> like fucking you over like, oh, yeah. those are all my revenge fantasies either I buy you out or I bring the law down on you like that's yeah. all my revenge fantasy I'm not a fighter I'm very weak and wimpy <laughs> I I want to show up to court in my suit. And just sit in the back. <laughs> right. Laughing. And every time you turn around and look back there, I'm just staring at you with Smiling. a smirk on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, and say, too. And say, hey, <laughs> judge up front. <laughs> right. It's funny, too, because, like, um, in all this shit, 
uh you know while i'm talking to my friend i had to basically remind him that he is a rational human being and he wouldn't do this shit Mm -hmm. like i still had to be like john i know you i know your child i know your beautiful wife you would handle this professionally because i lived with you for two years and you weren't just and you knew people that talked shit about you behind your back you knew things you didn't walk into anyone's room and just punch them in the fucking mouth because you're a civil human being that understands how shit works so even and you know who's worked in hr before even him i'm like you wouldn't have done it you just feel angry which is a valid feeling yes it is but i think the vast majority of people are not about that life no they are not because if you really about that life you wouldn't have that job because right. most people ain't gonna put it with that bullshit well, we know you about that life karen <laughs> it takes a, <laughs> no karen's not a fighter but oh, it no, takes I'm a not. lot it takes a lot of strength i think also um and this is actually where i turned around was like it takes a lot of strength for him to do this knowing that people were gonna do the you're a bitch thing yep like he had to he had to eat that like that's probably why it took so long is that he knew like this is gonna mean i gave up this is gonna mean i quit even though hazing is supposed to be over after your first year as a rookie anyway um them they were continuing it um not to mention like why the fuck is hazing a thing don't we like when i saw this on hard knocks like years and years and years ago um for the nfl teams i always kept thinking like isn't hazing by nature something that gets out of control it's why half of the fucking frats at my uh college were never on campus you know it like hazing just does well, this like i mean they're like little hazing things where it's like okay you have to like you know you have to get up and you have to sing the team so like something lighthearted. But I don't understand the thing I really, really don't understand mm-hmm. is making rookies who make the least amount of money pay for rich ass veterans meals to like thousands and thousands of dollars. That makes no sense at yeah. all. I don't understand, especially given like the expectancy of most people in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that a thing? Why, you know, well, I even, heard, even like, with the, like, oh, I'm like sorry, Jake go ahead. Plummer apparently, I think it was Jake Plummer, you know, he would, come back and he would slip them money to to cover it but like i what other profession would you make the people who have the least amount of money pay for the people who have the most amount of money like that and also like like the just to to like double back real quick uh hazing is like speeding you know like everybody goes well if you just five ten miles over speed limit it's fine that's the thing with speeding somebody always goes above that it just it's a matter of time i'm surprised this is just now coming out just uh adam Schefter on his timeline was basically like oh i have way more stories i just can't tell you because i'm protecting people's privacies but he has stories of defensive players who have gone broke in their rookie year because they had to pay for all these meals oh yeah yeah like i i really do think um the nfl was playing with fire by allowing this shit to go on and by acting like it was cute it's like oh they duct tape a rookie to the to the goalposts isn't that hilarious no i don't think that's hilarious at all, i think that it would have well it was either going to be something like this or a rookie was gonna that wasn't really important to their team was gonna get hurt during this mm-hmm. or quit or something that would have fucked over a team and at that point what are you gonna do like you're now your your shitty guard just got like hurt your player this so is the same league this is the same league that was just discussing taking back touchdowns if someone taunts someone because of one touchdown 
last week in a football game. One touchdown last what? week in one football game. They're ready to take touchdowns off the board if you if you taunt someone. I don't see how they can allow shit like this, this to, to go happen. on. It I seems can see crazy. how they do it. I don't agree with it. I see how they do it because this is a league that's all about appearances. And so, oh, we want to, like, if, if you're in front of the fans taunting people, that's terrible. But if you're right. in the locker room or you're sending these personal phone calls, then, like, that's not our business. And the fans don't need to know. That's their whole rationale. If yeah. you can't see it, it didn't happen. It's kind of like, but, but, it, but it's on. It, it didn't happen. But it's funny because it's, uh, it's part of, like, hard knocks, which is one of their biggest selling points. So, like, it's a, like, it's obviously a thing now where they think it's cute and sellable like they really thought like hey let's put a bunch of styrofoam in this guy's car we'll record it for inside the nfl during the miami training camp and it'll be a a cute little funny thing that the fans get to see you know oh look at this rookie had to dress up in a dress and sing a song in front of everybody and everybody goes oh that's cute but i kept thinking like yeah but somebody because someone always does has to take it too far someone has to be the guy who calls this guy nigger because someone always does it's what humanity does it takes it too far so yeah they should fucking pass something against hazen also i don't see what fucking purpose it serves sorry Me either i don't buy like, it like i said you do not get haze on your nine to five you do not this is this, this is not most working environments everybody will be fired that participated in this i do not see why it's acceptable to do this to grown people in a grown ass working environment where we all get a goddamn paycheck no yeah <laughs> that shit is so stupid um but yeah i think i uh, i think they're gonna start looking into it because this is such a bad look um you know and they don't want to be known for letting players uh use racial slurs or refer to each other you can only do that for the washington football team um mayor rob ford for toronto finally said what everybody already knew y'all he smoked that crack Mm -hmm. also he said the announcement while wearing a redskins tie that was the best part of it (laughs) (laughs) there's a picture of it i'll find it but i was like what yeah I like that he waited till like Don Lemon made his comments and incognito is a problem. And then he's like, by the way, guys, I, I smoked that crack. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all have a good one. I'm sure. Yeah, there's no he follow-up. tried to dance around it and walk off. He said, uh, he smoked crack probably a year ago when he was in a drunken stupor, an admission that followed months of accusations during which he refused to step down. Not to mention uh, a few people lost their jobs and like the newspaper and stuff. Like, do really, like he fought on that lie. Yeah. Did you are you able to sue the newspaper if you're one of the people that lost your job? And be like, no way. Who lost? See? I don't think anyone lost their job. Um, let me see. I'm sure it I might think be an article. People resigned. People on his on his team resigned. Oh, but okay. Nobody lost their job. Like the Toronto Star people all said that their paper backed them okay. and that you know they all had their full support. And it apparently. For some reason, I'm really obsessed with Canadian stuff, so I know this whole story. This is um, why we. This is actually why I brought you on the show. You like Drake too? So, no. yes, <laughs> not so much. But like, um, what they were saying, apparently, a lot of ca- Canadian press people are saying that this was well known long before the story broke, and apparently, the Toronto Star sat on this story for like months and months and months, and the only thing that pushed it was Gawker had that that scoop, and so they're like, "Well, we got to go now." Mm-hmm. Uh, but like everybody knows he does stuff and there was a comment that someone linked to on Gawker where someone said oh Rob Ford smoked crack with like my mom and we wanted to call him on it but my grandma wouldn't let you know shame be brought about our family like everybody knows 
knew this guy was a mess. But now, I mean, I think he should resign, but now I just kind of want to, like, I want to see where this goes. Because, like, he gives, like, he is now giving negative amounts of fucks. Like, it's not even zero. It's like, ah. <laughs> it's impressive. He's just like, well, all right, I'm still not going anywhere. Because Toronto has no way of recalling him. Which so, I don't do, Canada. That's what he's saying. Yeah, he says he's not an addict. He might have tried it. Uh, probably in one of his drunken stupors a year ago. So, you know, he's, he's the one of those people that, you know, first tried crack in 2013. You guys know how it is. Sometimes, no, sometimes no. you just start a new habit. Um, and a lot of times it's crack. I don't know nothing I mean, about that how, life. How can you clean up the streets if you don't know what's on the streets? Mm-hmm. You have to try the crack, obviously. It's just so funny. Uh-huh. I just have no sympathy for anyone that starts crack after New Jack City. It's like we all know the effects of crack, y'all. And it ain't good. Yeah, no, there's no better piece of just informative documentary than New Jack City. And I feel like Lamar Odom and Rob Ford have no fucking excuses. You are the mayor of like the fifth largest city in North America. I'm sorry. I would like a mayor using cocaine. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much Mm -hmm. to ask? Keep it classy. Is what I say. Classy. Don't go to a drug den to use. Have the stuff brought to you somewhere. It's just ridiculous. Like going to a drug den. I mean, that's a little bit too much outreach. Not necessary. That's the only way you can get the full experience, though. Like you don't need to. You 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 can be that one percent of drug users. It's okay. You're the mayor. But once you start smoking crack, you kind of just got to get the full experience. You got to go all the way (laughs) in. There's no half-assing it. Okay, you can't Mm. do it in your fancy house. In your fancy bathroom. Crack was not whack to him at all. You know, in the toilet with the door locked and your wife knocking on the I door. I want to know if he ever was on cocaine and then moved to crack. Because if he just went straight to crack, that's weird. Right. He's rich. Ah. That's really weird. Yeah. I want, they should, like, send uh, Morgan Freeman up there to get him off the crack. He's the only person I've ever seen do it, like, make somebody go cold turkey. I think he should be on Fix My Life. i think we just need a rooftop and morgan freeman get rid of this shit in five minutes that's all it takes that's all it takes yeah you just get them on rooftop it's just you're killing yourself uh deal with expeditiously jump um also guys i don't know if you heard this in black news speaking of crack and richie incognito and whatnot um (laughs) There's a rant where Richie Incognito apparently was running around with no shirt on, uh, call, using the N word. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't see nigga. <laughs> like, I like, I just, like, part of me respects the balls on this dude because he was on Twitter talking the most shit. shit. The most shit. Like, he was like, oh, ESPN, y'all gonna issue a retraction. Y'all are framing me, setting me up. I'm like, there's so much evidence. So, so let me play this. This is him walking around a pool. That's like, a tall. big dude. Exactly. Uh, he's got no shirt on. Mike Pouncey is there, who's a black player, by the way. And uh, let's see what he has to say. Yes! 
You're the best man at my wedding. I love Taylor. You're the best man at my wedding. You're the best man at my wedding. Oh my god. That's Turley? That's Turley? Wanna take his helmet off and throw it at the guy? There's a lot of white dudes that are shirts off in this video. That yeah. Most disturbing part of this. Justin said the funniest part is when they thought he was Kyle Turley. Yeah. <laughs> so like, is that Kyle? Yeah, yeah. That's but, always uh, been my dream. Take my, my shirt off. Yeah, Marcus Pouncey had <laughs> Pouncey had no problem with him saying the N word. So, it, Mike Pouncey also hangs out with people who murder. So I mean, eh. I just want to know if it makes him more of a man or uh, less of a man according to twitter yeah, and they talk- like what is it, what's the rules on that one i don't know that, that- you're supposed to be punching him in the mouth right i don't i don't know how it works that dude, that that dude big mm-hmm. um yeah you're gonna be getting that paperwork sir yeah he's big enough to say the n-word that's pretty much <laughs> all this is about um speaking of saying the n-word did you guys know they're remaking the iconic roots miniseries why, why? no more slavery movies why I don't uh, think they should keep making them, but um, no. just come up we with new ones. Not vacation. Like, <laughs> unless you coming out with something like Django, I'm not watching no more. Slavery is the new poltergeist. <laughs> like, you notice how like the last three or four years, there's been a whole lot of white people moving into houses and evil spirits movies. I feel like slavery is making a lot of money for Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it would be like a Cloverfield slavery movie. Like just someone with a camera running away, <laughs> trying to escape, just a shaky camera, underground railroad. Inside, in yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mind seeing a shaky cam slavery movie. We need <laughs> That'd be epic. No. Blair Slave Project. Right. Like obviously Massa could be the monster. We don't see him to the end of the movie, you know. Ah! <laughs> It's like, oh, that pattern's not gonna pick itself. What was that? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, they're thinking about remaking it. Um, I watched Roots for the first time this year, I believe, mm-hmm. during Black History Month. I live tweeted it. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't see the big deal. Um, the only problem I have is if they remake it, which I don't mind, I need them to be as ironic as the casting of the first Roots. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, it's gonna be made on history, which is weird because history is bread and butter or just redneck TV shows at this point. So that's mm-hmm. weird. Uh, like, why would, I don't know. Coming up next, Duck Dynasty and, I think VH1. VH1 did a great job with TLC movie. Why not let them have it? Let them have Roots. Yeah, we might could get Gucci Mane. <laughs> Little Mama. Yeah. You you know, and it'd be one of them things, but even black folks would say, yeah, I'm glad them niggas got beat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this would not be good. Um, yeah, I just want to know about the casting, man, because I feel like they should be, like, they should also have to ca- cast people uh, of the same, like, level as the actors in the first one, like, a lot of these people went on to have lucrative careers. Yes, and it was huge superstars like years later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just need them to, you know, get like people that are on the come up that I can look back in 25 years and go, oh man, remember when so-and-so was in the Roots remake? The thing I want is I want to see a titty fall out every now and then. They did do that in Roots. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the one time where light skin can win. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only time we can come ah! up 
other than that, um, y'all in trouble. Yeah. You know, other than that, I, I do, I do like a good um, slavery movie every now and then to remind the new generations because mm-hmm. you know it's not in the textbooks. Um, Why do not- we need a new one? Why can't they just re-air the old one on TV? Because they're kind of, yeah, they're you kind do of terrible. You they're do kind of really- terrible. Like other than Django, the rest of them, you, maybe Django and Amistad, mm-hmm. you've kind of. I like Rosewood too, but other than those, you're kind of like you're kind of like um. Here's here's one of the problems I have with slavery movies (laughs) because it's not like the thing is. I think a lot of people have this idea that I don't want to see it because I don't want to be sad, and that's what most people avoiding these movies are doing. I'm in that group. Me too. Okay, here's my problem because I'm fucked up inside. I don't want to see it because I don't want to laugh. Because I, <laughs> my mind doesn't really do sad very often. And it skips right past sad to how can I make fun of this situation? And even when I live tweeted Roots, every fifth response was, I can't believe you saying <laughs> this about Roots, brother. That was a serious movie that I grew up with. And I'm like, but that was funny though. I can't help it. You motherfuckers forced me to watch it. Y'all were the ones like, you need to watch Roots, man. It needs to understand what black people are going through. And so when I did and I was like, I'm going to do what I always do with serious shit, laugh to keep from crying, all of a sudden I was the asshole. So that's why I don't really want to see these movies, man, because I'm going to have 12 years of slave jokes and people are going to be mad. It was It's hilarious, though. Like, that's what made Django so great, because it was hilarious. Right. Like, it's, like, when he went and picked out his own suit, mm-hmm. that shit was comedy gold. Mm-hmm. I loved yes, it. <laughs> you know yeah, what you I mean? You can he was laugh like, you dressed yourself? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I want to see that again just... I'm not gonna see it on the Roots miniseries. I know, right? Um, no, nobody ever came. Twenty-five hours. Roots was long as shit. Twelve, 12 hours. Yeah, I don't want to see Roots made again because it's not. I don't want to see Chicken George. I mm. like that wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Like, it or as I or as I like to call it, twelve hours of slave. Yeah, right. the black people never came up in um, Roots. Now they came it, up at the very it was like end. The fifth generation Roots. You know what's yeah. funny? <laughs> it took so long for them to come up. That by the time good things happened to the slaves and they got away, I was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't think that's how slavery went at all. I feel like more sad shit happened. Right. Like this. the good thing about Roots was when Kuta Kinte got to keep one of his feet. Right. He was like, well, at least he got to keep one of them. Right. This shit was like a the longest episode of Good Times ever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they just yeah. mi- all the thing was missing was JJ. Yeah, <laughs> what, what they gonna do? They gonna do Queens next? I hope they don't do that series. Either. Good, it's good, long ass series. Good. Uh, I think it's just called Queenie or something like oh, that. Are they gonna remake Shaka Zulu while we're at it? Like, mm, I don't even remember. What they what need to Shaka Zulu? What they need to be remaking is the Last Dragon. The fact that we haven't had <laughs> no truth attempt no. to try to do another Last Dragon. dragon. I would rather see another Last Dragon before I see another Roots. I don't think I, they I could make that better. For that. I uh, I I have a podcast uh called Brandy and Bill Watch Black Exploitation, and uh, my white friend Bill and I we watch Black Exploitation and then we just talk about it together mm-hmm. and uh we watched um, the most recent one was disco godfather and mm. i want to see a remake of that because that movie is insane yeah it's, uh, ruby ray moore's pcp anti-pcp movie and i was like I- I- this needs to be remade every year yeah i could watch that man i i could watch a lot of shit before i watch another slave movie is what i'm trying to say but on um, last dragon Nah, just I'm not rem- even, remaster that one. I'm not even saying it'll be better, Justin. I just would rather so see. Watch that. I love that movie. It's probably my favorite movie Ooh, of all time. Yes. I would rather see them remake that classic 
then then do another slavery movie why do we need so many slavery movies (laughs) who is forgetting about the slavery who are the people who are the people out there like yeah man wait what black people used to be slaves Mm -hmm. nobody Everybody knows. But can they do? But can they do a a slave movie with mystery on Science Theater three thousand? Commenting the entire time. No, you know they can't do that. (laughs) That would be great. There is somebody uh, posted on Facebook or like no, it was like a Twitter thing. It was a Facebook screenshot. This white guy who was really mad that there weren't any slavery movies about white people doing good things, and it was like the funniest rant. He's like, why not some good Christian white people? Why are there so many black people in these slavery movies? I was like, I don't even know. To do Did with he that. also start the hashtag white girls rock in response to black girls ah! rock? Oh, white Probably. people. Probably. Uh, speaking of women, am I right, Justin? <laughs> hey, up top. Gasden police are investigating the incident Sunday <clears throat> when a man supposedly jumped from a moving vehicle during an argument with his girlfriend. Oh, what was she doing? Uh, what were they doing for him to? ain't that the way you know i'm not saying i would have jumped but haven't we all been there guys you know Was he driving or? uh says the incident occurred about 8 50 p.m a 21 year old man was a passenger in a vehicle driven by his ex-girlfriend the woman caught told <laughs> i'm assuming she became ex during this conversation yeah. the, the woman told police they had been arguing virtually all day about stupid stuff the woman oh, told Lord. the woman told the the woman told police the man told her I'm going to jump out the car. When the man jumped, the car was traveling 35 miles an hour. The man was later airlifted to UAB to treat him for severe hair injuries. Now, this is just like a woman. Am I right, Justin? Because she didn't even slow down. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. He probably jumped for his own safety because, you know, women can't drive and it's mm. safer to face the injury of the concrete. Well, that's part ah. of it, I'm sure. But, like, a man would have slowed down and let the woman get out because that's what you do and then you drive beside him with the window down real slow and then you be like baby you sure you want to do this you sure you don't want to get in the car come on baby we can talk about this and she's like no i don't want to talk about this and you're like baby it's cold outside you don't want to get come inside <laughs> all this heat in this car i got the, 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 the heat turned all the way up you, we can just talk about this when we get home you don't have to be like this no you just leave just leave me that's what you want to do anyway just leave me to die and you have to and you know it's a trick because if you leave her <laughs> you'll, you'll never she'll kill you the next time she see you so you have to stay there and circle around and shit you'll never see her naked again right Right, women just beep beep. She probably called the police from home. She probably was like, "Oh, it might be a dude on Highway 70 I don't he know. He jumped. I died. He seemed to not be going anywhere when I left. Talking about, I can't drive. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I, we know the stupid argument part. Mm-hmm. Really was stupid arguments. Yeah. Like, baby, it's, I know it's Monday Night Football. Oh, we didn't hear this again. All right, go ahead. But, right. baby, I know it's Monday Night Football, but can we please watch a Lifetime movie? Right, right. Like, hell no. Why <laughs> do you, a Lifetime movie. Why do you need to play fantasy football anyway? It's not like it's a real ah. game. It's like, ah, I'm just going to kill myself. No I'll jump out this car. <laughs> please drive over a bridge so I can make sure it's fatal. Why are yeah. you always watching The Walking Dead? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've seen one zombie movie, you've seen them all. Right. <laughs> but this one has a book to it, though, baby. There's, you know, there's a storyline, there's everything. It's taking years, character building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About that. She don't care. Um, alright. You just want to see that bitch, Carol. <laughs> Let's talk Damn. about the most important news, guys. What's okay. that? The Sriracha Factory. We covered this last week. The national crisis has been averted, people. Oh, 
a judge has denied a southern california factory town's attempt to shut down a production of the popular sriracha chili sauce over complaints about the pungent smell <laughs> of pepper and garlic fumes emanating from the factory thank god guys we can all oh. go back down uh go back down to, to terror alert all, all the money they make to the state you think they're gonna shut down the sriracha place no who yeah. are these people complaining uh, probably people that don't like sushi. People in the neighborhood because of like the smell. I think didn't it catch fire or something? No, mm-hmm. it just stank, according to them, and it made them cough, and the kids are getting sick. And I was like, "Good, you fucking communists need to die." Yeah, why not? Um, who's I mean, against sure, the Russia sauce, dog? I'm sure that factory was there way before they moved into the neighborhood. Well, they just moved there, right? But here's the thing: they already had a factory in another town. They didn't have any complaints. Mm-hmm. They probably mm-hmm. get them free um, food and everything. Right. Go go get you a bottle on the house, man. Call it even. Ah. You keep, know, do keep. like people do cigarette cartons in the south. Like buy a bunch of them and sell them. Mm-hmm. Right. Make when Popeyes money. moved to the area, they gave out coupons. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They want you to come eat their chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're giving you coupons so you can go get their sauce and go get you some sushi. So thank God, man. We'll. Oh, we can still get that hundred million pounds of peppers a year into Sriracha. Uh, so we can get that that sauce, man. Hundred million pounds. Yes, it's hundred million pounds of peppers every year. God, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we are a fat culture, Karen. We need a lot of this sauce. This on, this would have been worse than the oil crisis. On another note, for those women that don't like taking baths, um, you can always blame it on the environment. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? It's time we talked about a lot of serious issues, but it's time for some games, guys. Okay. Um. The first game is always fucking with black people. Let's get it. Just fucking with them black people. Just fucking with them blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time for some fucking with black people. We have multiple stories today. Today's. First contestant is no stranger to <laughs> fucking with black people. That's right, y'all. Don Lemon is back. Mm. Mm-hmm. That Lemon, as I like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had something to say, some thoughts on stopping frisk. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of black people <coughs> can't wait to hear uh, his thoughts on stopping frisk uh, and uh, to give him a uh, give him a score. So let's. See if I can play this audio for everybody. Uh, let me uh, take it off mute. That would be good. Uh, real quick. I want the truth. You can't handle the <laughs> truth. Don Lemon. Don, Lemon. <coughs> Don Lemon's commentary is brought to you by General Motors. The all-new 2014 Chevrolet Impala, inspired by the past, influenced by the present, driven towards the future. The 2014 Chevrolet Impala. Find new roads from New York. Don Lemon, good morning. Good morning. It's election day, Tom. And if you and everyone in the U.S. aren't paying close attention to tonight's mayor's race in New York City, you should be. Because so goes New York City, so goes the rest of the country. The city is home, aware of it or not, to one of the most important races in the world. Why? Stop and frisk. Or stop, question, and frisk. The question part gets eliminated most of the time. And therein... (laughs) really lies the most crucial part of the law, the question part. Because if you question many people in New York City, even some black and Hispanic people, they will tell you that on the surface, 
they don't really have an issue with stop, question, and frisk. Not the idea of it, at least. Not if the controversial policy was conducted like the occasional random airport screening. If they could really believe that officers would stop someone and say, sir, I'm sorry, but I need to check your bag or your person. But they know that that's not the reality of things on the street. They know that officers will most likely not be that polite, if you can call that polite. They know that in reality, they will probably be ordered to put their hands up, spread their legs, or lay on the ground and be handcuffed while an officer or officers have their ways with them, touching them wherever they'd like, or handling them however they'd like. So for those of us who'd like to believe, in theory, that we'd rather be inconvenienced by being stopped by police and shot by gun-wielding criminals on the street, we deeply know that while that is true, it is highly unlikely that the police, the people holding the authority, and our fate in their own hands will treat us as citizens who deserve the same respect as any other citizen who happens not to be of color in the United States. And while we are not letting the people who commit the crimes worthy of stop, question, and frisk off the hook for perpetuating the stereotype, we know that it is too easy for police and people in authority to become so drunk with power that they abuse it. Stop, question, and frisk is the biggest issue, the biggest issue in the country right now other than jobs and Obamacare. And the next New York City mayor, he may not know it, but so goes New York City, so goes the rest of the country. If he alters the equation of the formula that has reduced crime in New York City to its lowest in decades, one of which is stop, question, and frisk, and the crime rate creeps back up, beyond local citizens moving away to the suburbs, people will stop visiting, stop spending their tourist dollars, a big driver to the city's economy. The city will suffer international consequences. Cities and municipalities around the country will follow suit looking at the Big Apple as an example of what to do or not to do. So whatever the mayor here decides will be reflected in your city, reflected in your crime rate, in your economy. So the question is, would you rather be politically correct or safe and alive? That's the real issue facing the citizens of New York, and pretty soon, ultimately, you. Who's favored to win? Uh, who's favored to win here? De Blasio. Yeah. De Blasio's got it by a lot. Okay. That's all I could take. Um, here's the thing. I don't know that his reasoning is even accurate because his reasoning is like the only two choices are civil rights or being alive. <laughs> like you so just, goes New York, so goes the rest. Of, no, that is not at all true. Right. Uh, he also offered a couple other falsities like black people would support it uh, if it was... Um, uh, if we was more polite, which I don't even know what that means. Like, excuse me, Negro. <laughs> I'd like to stop and inconvenience you for a second. I bet Don Lemon is against the NSA spying. <laughs> I bet he is very much against that, yet somehow stop and frisk is a good idea. I'd rather the NSA spy on me because they don't fuck up my day. Like, yeah, they, don't, they, they like spy and they're like, hey, we were on your Gmail, but we don't need to tell you about it. It's like... <laughs> Instead of, like, stop and frisk, which will stop me, and then, like, inconvenience. It's just such a stupid argument, because nine out of ten people aren't doing anything. It's a waste of resources and time. That's not why crime has gone down in New York. Like, it, stop and frisk isn't the reason why. Right. And mm -hmm. with, But I'll tell you what it is the reason why. 
the reason why I got to give him 100 points on fucking with black people. That is 100 <laughs> points, Don Lemon. You brought up stopping yeah. friends. You added question to it uh, to try to change the narrative. You spoke for all of us, apparently. Um, and uh, you delivered some more uh, hot fire uh, goodness on Twitter because everybody was trolling him. Which means we'll probably be getting another article later a week or two from now about how black people uh, are the problem again. So uh, mm-hmm. Don Lemon and his respectability politics gets another hundred. Can I just he say does. I love being frisked and touched. Mm-hmm. You know, by long, by strong. Sometimes, made, sometimes the way I want, and sometimes the way I don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. Only when I come home, and only when my wife does it. Right, strong. You don't, you don't like when a strong policeman puts his hands on you. No, um, not a fan. Nope. I've dated one female sheriff, and no, nah, I didn't like them handcuffs, bro. Right. <laughs> didn't like that game. House, you wouldn't believe I was walking down the street being black. Yeah, right. Uh, and I knew that I was going to either die or be stopped and frisked. I was just hoping I would be stopped and frisked on my way reach, there. Reaching for my wallet and look like a gun for whatever reason. I was so nervous. I even announced it. I'm reaching for my wallet that doesn't look like a gun. We, we don't even say life or death choice anymore. We say stop and frisk or death choice. Um, <laughs> when the black community. Uh, I kind of ask Brandy, Brandy, quick question mm-hmm. though. So if you get pulled over and they say, well, hey ma'am, listen, I, I pulled you over because you were driving while black. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a comedian in you want to respond and say a joke nope, here? Nope. nope. I got, actually got pulled over on the way. I've only been pulled over once because I was speeding and I didn't get a ticket. I was in the car with one of my white friends and he like saw me get like real nervous. It wasn't even like I had anything in the car. It was just like, I don't have time or money to pay for this. I got the truth. Uh, and so he was just like, you've never been pulled over. And I was like, nope. And like, no, the blackness in me will always override everything. Or I'm like, no, sir. I did not know, sir. Like, exactly. You know, Ain't no, no, I'm not trying to fucking be funny. I'm not getting paid for that. No. Right. Ain't nothing funny about that yeah, shit. Speaking of, oh, go ahead, Cam. I'm about to say, and if he don't think it's funny, it's jail time. Speaking and of, there are, there are comedians who are always like, oh, I made him laugh. I'm like, you know what? I would rather just not try to take that risk. I just yeah. want to go home safely and not get in jail and not try to be the funny hero. I don't need a story. I just need to get away. Mm hmm. Uh, here is another fucking with black people article that, uh, they having. Oh, I might have to reload this one, but, uh, it's a Halloween edition, a late contestant. You know, Halloween is the official fucking with black people holiday, um, of the world. And, uh, th- this is no exception. Well, Halloween is over, but the controversy surrounding a costume is continuing for one boy in Virginia. Seven-year-old Jackson Black dressed up as a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, his mother says she was happy to make the white supremacist group costume because it's a family tradition. While his mother stands by the costume, neighbors are upset. Because it was cool. What was cool about it? The hat. I did tell him that, you know, if you do it, you know there's going to be people talking about you. I just think it's really sad like that a kid is being taught that that young because they don't know any better. You don't hear that much about it nowadays. Now his mom says nothing is wrong with the Ku Klux Klan and it still exists in Craigsville, Virginia. She also says she received several threats via Facebook after posting a picture of Jackson wearing that costume. Um, He is seven. I can't believe those people were bullying her on Facebook. I can't either. Bullying has gotten out of control, and <laughs> it's really sad that it's now intruding upon the pure Aryan white man's rights 
to dress up uh as a kkk for halloween which is kind of like i guess a regular white kid dressing up as superman for halloween Mm -hmm. you know like it's not one of those costumes that's picking on people it's one of those costumes it's like i want to be this yep wait so i I didn't see the video they're white Mm -hmm. and they wore a kkk costume the Mm -hmm. little boy did yep Mm -hmm. traditional it's tradition. It's yeah, tradition traditional in tradition, their family. Yeah, traditionally racist. So, like, I don't even understand the costume. It's like, oh, yeah, you're wearing your racist costume. Like, it's, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's like, when someone admits to being racist, you're like, I have no response to that. He wanted to be like his father. I mean, and I support that. You, you know, mean, he, he has uh, a role model. Wait, father? I think you mean uncle. Uncle? Oh, yeah. wait, well, he's both. he wanted to be like the man in the house i'm just look i hate to say it about seven year old but since he is a racist looked a little inbready (laughs) yeah look a little look a little inbready to me is the way his neck was (laughs) uncle daddy his eyes his eyes had this weird shark-like color to him it seems felt felt a little inbready i don't think we have to worry about him doing too much damage because He's uh his gene pool can't be too strong. What would you do if you were like? How would you react if you opened your door on Halloween? This is like a little kid in a clan suit. I'd give him candy because I would assume he was a ghost. <laughs> like I feel like the yeah. only way that costume could be complete is if he answered the door and go. I answered the door. He goes nigger treat. <laughs> like whoa wait a minute what'd you yeah, say other than that i would assume he was a ghost i too. think that traditional um kkk symbol on the um hood and yeah, uh, you need outfit the, and the stripes and stuff yeah yeah and then he wait. also didn't have like the shirt like it was just like a regular t-shirt and a kkk hood it didn't even make That's sense even, oh my god if you're gonna be racist be a pro act like you've been there before exactly you know <laughs> like my favorite thing, I, I like to uh, sometimes dip in and visit Stormfront, uh, the greatest forum for racists in it the really world. It really is good. It really and, is uh, good. The greatest argument they ever had, the title of it was, it was doing the Paula Deen thing, and it was like, can we say the N-word? Because they can't actually say nigger on their site. Uh, <laughs> and so it was all these people arguing. It was the funniest argument, because the same argument black people have, and like some of them were like, no, it makes us sound ignorant. Use better words for, for that. And then some of them were like, but it's our word, too. I'm like, it is kind of more your word than our word. Yeah, you guys did invent it. We just like stole racist it. white people. You you kind of do have a right to that. Finally, word. the black man steals something from the white man. Ah. Black people won. White people a seven billion, billion five hundred trillion. Um, Why isn't there a movie about this kid wanting to wear his robe? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's that movie, Hollywood? <laughs> um. Well, anyway, this is a hundred. Also, obviously. Um. Yeah, well, well, no, no, no. Actually, no, no, no. I take it back. This is 75. Um, this is the, the reason this is 75. There were no black people around to actually be offended. Okay. I would take it, points okay. off because it wasn't that good a costume either. It was a it terrible was- costume too. That's part of the 75. Um, uh, but you know, the unrepentant racism moved it up a little bit. Yeah, it did. Like typically I don't give this kind of effort very much, but when you do go on the news and you're just like, I don't see nothing wrong with the KKK. It's like, ooh, well played, man. That that's an extra twenty five. Um, the thing is, I wonder the people that were threatening her on Facebook were they her white friends threatening her? Because I don't imagine. Well, her one having, of them was Brandy. I don't so know. She didn't even know. She's like, why is this cupcake so mad? I just don't imagine her having too many black friends to threaten her, uh, which is a clear sign. Maybe it might be something wrong with her outfit. Yeah, maybe, man. Um. Well, we got to play our other game, guys. That's right, y'all. It's time for some Guess the Race. It's time for some Guess the Race. 
That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for some guess the race. You know it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show crossing all the podcast land, where we read or play articles from around the globe for our guests, and we just ask them to do one thing, which is guess the race of the people involved. The chat room does play along, and they are very racist. <laughs> Justin is back with our all-time leading contestant, uh, and we have a newcomer, Brandy. Are you guys ready to play some Guess the Race? I'm yeah. ready, this, um, Rod. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Here is the first article. An 83-year-old jewel thief whose career has been the subject of a documentary and feature film uh, is, oh, well, there's been the subject of speculation for both of those things, is due back in court next week after waiving her right to an arraignment Thursday in a Palm Desert case. Doris Payne, Doris Payne, Mm is suspected of stealing a $22,000 ring from a Palm Desert jewelry store last week. Judge Randall D. White pushed her arraignment, originally set on Thursday afternoon at Larson Justice Center in Indio at 8.30 a.m. Tuesday after Payne waived her right to enter a plea Thursday because she wanted her own private attorney. Payne is accusing of lifting the ring from El Paso's jewelers on October 21st, employees at Sox Fifth Avenue, Sox Fifth Avenue on El Paso. They got one of those in El Paso? <laughs> and it's so. Huh. Thought that was only on Fifth Avenue. Uh, spotted Payne in their store and sent out an alert to neighboring businesses warning them of Payne's presence. Be on the lookout, calling all cars, calling all cars. Got an 83-year-old lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking at jewelry kind of hard. She's armed and dangerous with that cane. I was cane. curious, yeah. how was she getting around? Like, was the transportation picking her up, dropping her off? I don't know. And then she waiting out front for um, transportation to pick her up again? Or is she driving to 83? Well, thank goodness for those Barney store employees who knew the targeter. <laughs> no. uh, store manager Raju Mehta said Payne entered El Paso's jewelers and identified herself as Audrey. She told him she wanted to make a purchase because her other jewelry had been stolen, and she said she had an insurance check for $40,000. Payne had him show her multiple pieces of jewelry, and he says she took the ring while he wasn't watching. It was a sleight-of-hand type thing, he said. Payne asked to look at other jewelry and remain in the store for another 20 minutes to avoid suspicion. He reported the theft the next day to the sheriff's department, so he didn't even report it that day. <laughs> Wow, she must have been good. She had to check the employees, make sure they weren't the ones stealing first. It makes you angry. It makes you feel violated. And that's what happened to me, said Meta, uh, who added that he was surprised the crime was committed by a senior citizen. She stole right in front of my eyes, he said. Guess the race of Doris Payne. Um, white. White oh, says, uh, says, says, says um, Brandy. She's definitely white, right? Um, okay. She lived to 83. Black people don't live that long. We don't okay. live past 55. She had a documentary made about her crime. <laughs> That's white people. All right. Let's check the chat room. Not Eartha Kitt. Uh, Ashley had to bow out. He must already know. An old Catwoman burglar named Co- Cootie. Nickname <laughs> Cootie. Oh, my. Is that black or white? I'm assuming Cootie mm. is black. I don't know. White. Eartha Kitt. Still in, <laughs> still in Miss Daisy. So the kid Did is black. Just write right? white in hex, uh, or, or in HTML or whatever, like some <laughs> yeah, code. yeah. Uh, the correct answer is black. <laughs> no, what? 
A black woman lived to 83? And so, they trust the whole jury? Some of the people got it right, so let me give them the applause while I put this article in the chat. All right. That's right. She was a black lady. How dare you, you racist sons of guns. Wow. Don't tell me what black people can't do. Ah! We can steal from anybody. Apparently, we sure can. Whether it's the N-word or something else. We can live long, Justin. We can live Apparently, long. Apparently, only the black woman can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, black man wasn't around. Uh, here's another one. Speaking of Halloween. Uh, apparently, there was a man who was giving out candy. All right, guys. And we all like to see the faces of the innocent kids giving out candy. Well, Volusia County deputy said, Volusia County, <laughs> son of a bitch, Florida is back. <laughs> they had a couple days off, but Florida is back on the show. <laughs> uh, 63-year-old Deltona man was expo- exposing himself to trick-or-treaters and admitted he was handing out money because he didn't have Halloween candy. Oh, what is his money? His penis? Well, he was giving him money in addition to the penis. So, he's, oh, yeah, he's like dick or treat. <laughs> he was just pretending like, oh, did you say dick or treat? I'm sorry, my bad, y'all. Here's the money for the peep show. Uh, two brothers who told deputies they were trick or treating in their neighborhood Thursday night when other children pointed out that John Vowles homes uh, and said that he was naked. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. The he brothers gave did, a show for real, didn't he? The brothers didn't believe the other children and went to the house. Oh Lord! No. Just like damn kids, I don't believe you. Let why me go see this butt naked old man. Why is this the one thing you want to prove? Right. right. <laughs> well, it's a. Uh, it's maybe they maybe they were gay brothers. Maybe they you know. I don't believe you. There's guy giving out penis over there. Yeah. There's a man who's uh who's exposing himself. Ooh, well I'll be the judge of that. Um. He went, they went to the house. Vows answered the door wearing an open robe. The boys ran oh, away. The boys ran away and they told their father. Um, a deputy who responded looked in the Vows window and saw him naked on the couch. <laughs> so did he have any candy though? No, he was paying the no, money. Just had his balls and some money. Um, he was sitting on the couch. Um, when Vows answered the door, he was wearing an open robe. Exposing himself. Deputy said Val smelled like alcohol and speech was slurred so bad he was difficult to understand. What made this year be the year to give out dick or treat? I don't know. <laughs> like, why not last year? The year before that? This year all of a sudden? Right. His wife probably left him. <laughs> like, this is He's the like, year. Fine. He just got drunk. This is the year. They're going to get this dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> that thought really crossed his mind like this is the year they're gonna get it right he was like he's 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 just planning on it like this is gonna be a big night it's gonna be my big my big debut Pull the dick <laughs> out kids gonna be like trick or treat i'm be like ah. it's my dick kids trick or treat on this <laughs> they're gonna be so impressed <laughs> yeah is his dick i shaved all my man hair too yeah what i want to know is like is his dick a treat or is it the trick? <laughs> it might be both. Brandy says it's the trick, but I feel like that it is... might be a treat for some folks. I mean, I mean, a few kids want did go around bragging about. The trick about- is always something <laughs> you could take with you or candy. It's a trick. I'm just saying. Trick stays there. Treat goes with you. A few kids mm. did brag about the best um, treat in town was at his house, and they didn't believe it. They had to go see for themselves. I feel and like that was a trick. 
they got they tricked the other kids i feel like as a masculist i i have to say that our penises can also be treats okay but in this case contextually it was a trick all right all right well it's um, all in the details with you huh brandy yeah yep what was the money then um that was a treat the money was a treat it was a trick and treat he was tricking <laughs> he was like it ain't tricking if you got it <laughs> yeah it ain't not if you got it <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, ironically, he was so drunk he couldn't buy a vow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Um, but, uh, all right. So guess the race of Mr. Um, penis exposing, uh, vow, um, here. Uh, this was that little boy's, uh, Uncle Dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uncle Dad. The father of the KKK yeah. kid. Yes. He's okay. The, so the Uncle Dad. <laughs> sounds like you're going with white. What about you, Brandy? What do you think? White. All right, let's check the chat room. The chat room believes whiter than the dude on the cinnamon toast crunch box. Oh <laughs> wow, now that's white. <laughs> that's good. Uh, dick or treat black? Black says Mitch. Hubert the per- Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. He has lemonade and popsicles <laughs> uh, in the basement for them. Yeah. Oh, mostly old paper boy. Um, <laughs> The correct answer is white. <laughs> and Mitch, you half nigger piece of shit. <laughs> I'd have come slap your mom in the face. <laughs> shit in your mouth. Um, <laughs> what did he even think of that shit? <laughs> like that was the best part of reading the email was like, God damn, this dude is good. That would scare the shit out of me, too. Slap my mama in the mouth. Uh, all right, let's uh, go into the bonus round, guys. I hope you guys aren't getting nervous, but it's time to uh, get in the bonus round. Double the points, double the race. Double the points, double the race. That's right, guys. We're now in the bonus round of Guess the Race, where everything's worth double the racism. Yes, it double is. Double the points. Both of our guests are one and one. You guys feeling nervous about this? I'm not. You know, my racism has been off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't played in a while, but, you know, I feel like at any time I can turn my racism on and off. Okay. And right now it's on. And what about you, Brandon? You feeling nervous? No. Okay. You have a black president. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Up top on that, Brandy. <laughs> Let's see how you guys do. Let's see how you guys do. A North Carolina school teacher is out of a job today because she let her students draw their own blood with needles that had already been used by other students. The old hand-me-down needles. Oh, she's black. Wait, not want that. The lesson here is probably that anything to do with blood and needles is going to cause someone somewhere to freak out. So why bother? But Miyoshi McMillan now says that Overhills High School in Harnett County was setting her up for trouble when it gave her a blood testing kit with needles already included. The idea of the experiment in an honors level biology class was for students to learn their blood types. So McMillan had them prick their fingers to take a drop of blood. They then sterilized the needles with alcohol and left them to be used by the next oh, class. <laughs> this is the honors class? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so they they getting leftovers? Later, they heated up heroin spoons. And <laughs> <laughs> they smoked some crack cocaine. None of, the, <laughs> none of the students were required to take part, but sure enough, 
one freaked out anyway the student walked out of class and immediately called her parents who in turn called the school they were like stop the lab stop the lab that's, the, said. that's the one smart student out of all those honest that's students that's the only one who should that should be pass or fail immediately <laughs> she's the only honor student that stays in class right yeah she was like this ain't right the next thing she knew, McMillan was fired for allowing students to share needles like they were some kind of junkies. Wow, this is a big snarky of an article here. Uh, we don't want students to be, first of all, sharing a needle and second to have a type of human blood in the classroom. The school spokesperson, uh, Patricia Harmon Lewis told a local TV station, the kids did need, did not get a straight needle put into them. I really believe that the children will be fine. My main concern is the safety of the children um so yeah she uh got fired guys guess the race of mrs Maish- mayoshi mcmillan oh i'm going with Asia. can i can i ask for a spelling on that m-i-y-o-s-h-i I may even have audio of her. I don't know if it's a play. Let me see. If Tonight, I can play. a Harnett County school teacher is out of a job. She was fired after allowing students to prick their own fingers for blood in a science experiment. And now that teacher is firing back tonight. Kelly O'Hara is live in Harnett <laughs> County with more on this story. Kelly, what did the teacher have to say? Hey, good evening, Steve and Tisha. That teacher says she was set up to fail. She was actually sobbing in that classroom. And she says those needles and those kits were already there. But the school system basically says she should have used a little common sense. I just believe that it, it's really been blown up. I really believe that it's a, it's a character strike against me. What science teacher Myosha McMillan says has been blown up was, number one, her losing her job, and number two, the reasons for her losing her job. A science experiment the school system says went awry. And the teacher decided that it would be an, an, an addition to the experiment to have the students actually take a lancet and prick their own fingers using their blood. A science experiment where kids could use their own blood, prick their own fingers, and then swabbing a needle or lancet, as it's called, with rubbing alcohol, and then reusing that needle. Something this teacher says was just an option. The kids did not get a straight needle put into them. I, I really believe wholeheartedly that the children will be fine. My main concern, of course, are the children and the safety of the kids. But the school system disagreed and fired McMillan and sent home this letter suggesting that all 16 students who were affected get their own blood tested to make sure their blood wasn't affected. So far, none have. For McMillan, though, she says this was just a lesson gone bad. Says the school system should have had more safeguards in place. I was not supposed to have used this kit or any other equipment in that science laboratory. That stuff should have been removed from my storage rare place in the back of my classroom prior to me taking the position. All right, guys. So she's black. Still going with black? Yeah, she's black. Chat room says, uh, Chinatown, Chinatown, Chinatown. <laughs> After hearing the audio, they might change that though. Uh, that's, that's what the guess he has in there. He didn't change anything. So I'm assuming he said it like the Migos. Chinatown, Chinatown. Uh, aluminum foil and Ziploc baggie reusing black. Aww. For once, the black lady deserves to be fired. It's the white man's <laughs> fault, black. We patterned with Ronald McDonald color. Uh, and Ashley Three Classic did change his guest to Blackity. Uh, no. the correct, the correct, <laughs> correct answer is. Is it saying Blackity, Blackity, Black? <laughs> the correct answer is Black. 
Oh, I'm sad I got that one right. There's no winners in guest race. Oh, was she up in arms with needles over uh, this? Like we did that in my high school, and everyone just they just had like you put it in the little like needle thing, and there was a new needle for everyone. Like, I don't understand how she couldn't figure this out. Common sense, you know, it's like common sense. And you know, I guess I wasn't smart enough to get an HG level class that high, but we ain't never used no needles, and ain't nobody <laughs> right. ever tell me to prick myself in nobody's class. But like you've been to the doctor before, like they don't just yeah. like wipe off a needle. <laughs> no, they don't. They actually use brand new needs, but I'm talking about like in the actual classroom. And yeah. does she not know about AIDS? Does she not know about how shit gets spread? Oh, them kids gonna be all right. They bounce back. I mean, she's only a sub. I mean, <laughs> how smart are you really expecting her to be? Mm. They, hey, that was Obamacare. She, just gonna wipe off needles. She's used to Gen Ed. She's used to Gen Ed, and you stuck her in the honors biology class come mm-hmm. on come on karen come on. What, what's going on in her. gen ed where she teaches like kids just stab each other and just drink each other's blood for science like what well, happens there well in gen ed that's more like dangerous minds kind of a setup you know, like she, right it's right she comes, science poems she comes in and teaches them about sex ed and about you know not stealing cars things <laughs> like that them, them kids knew they had a sucker yeah that's totally <laughs> different in gen ed no <laughs> 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 right Gen Ed is way more higher stakes. Those aren't needles. Those are shanks. Right. And this okay. is North Carolina. That's how they get down. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next article. I'm shocked they even had uh, advanced <laughs> honors biology. <laughs> uh, next article, guys. You got that one right. A Baptist minister from Chesterfield County was sentenced Thursday to serve two years in prison for setting his front porch ablaze in a phony hate crime attack that included racist graffiti he painted to deceive police. Oh, shit. Olander Day Cuthrell, 41, a minister of <laughs> music at Gospel Shepherd Baptist Church, told the judge. Say no more. Okay. Seems like someone's already made up their mind. <laughs> Randy got a little excited over there. I was like, I know this one. He told the judge he was both ashamed and embarrassed for pouring a mixture of oil and gasoline across part of his family's front porch and igniting it on March 15th after becoming overwhelmed by financial problems. I guess he didn't believe the Lord was going to provide. I guess not. Minutes before, he spray painted the N-word on two sides of his rental house. Was he racist against himself then? (laughs) Uh, to divert attention from himself and bolster his claim of being targeted of the target of a racially motivated attack. He further perpetuated the fraud by igniting a, igniting a 16 ounce bottle filled with oil and gas inside an inoperable family owned 1992 BMW parked outside the house. <laughs> then he dressed his kids up in clan outfits. <laughs> well, I, guess so. I don't know, but you know. 1992 <laughs> BMW that didn't work parked outside the house. <laughs> Guess the race. After setting the two fires, he went back inside the house, undressed, and climbed into bed waiting for the house to burn down. <laughs> oh, Lord. Chesterfield prosecutor Laura Kawaja <laughs> told the court in arguing for a stiff punishment, his oldest son discovered the porch fire after the family dog woke him, and he was able to extinguish the flames with water before it spread to the house. I his, thought oil and water didn't mix. The occupants in the house yeah. were Cuthrell, his wife, and three of his sons. 
And he said the goddamn house. He, he tried to kill yeah, everybody. That's what I'm about to say. He tried to better help. The car fire burned out on its own. The, in, the incident prompted Chesterfield police and the FBI to investigate the matter as a possible hate crime. And Cuthrell fueled that notion by telling several news outlets that he was a victim of a racially motivated attack. Investigators quickly became suspicious and Cuthrell became the focus of the investigation within 10 days. He was arrested April 2nd. Cuthrell eventually admitted to setting the fires to tell investigators he was motivated by family financial problems. Kawaja said there is a pattern to Cuthrell's deceit. He, she noted 12 years ago in North Carolina, he falsely claimed to police, claimed to the police he had been robbed in an attempt to cover up his death from an employer. He was convicted for filing a false police report. Wow. <laughs> because he set fire to an occupied dwelling, his offense was elevated in terms of law and punishment. He's, uh, the court sentenced him to 10 years with eight being suspended and state sentencing guidelines <laughs> call for a punishment between 11 months and two years and seven months. Um, so guess the race of, of uh, Mr. Olander D. Cuthrell. trying to kill your own family. Well, he, I don't think he was trying to kill him. I think he was trying to set it up that he was going to wake up just in time. Oh, he definitely was. Uh, well, not was, but currently is a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> currently is. Uh, yeah, he, like, what? oh, my God. Like, it's, oh, my God. This is this, gonna, His I'm family was inside the house. <laughs> his wife and kids. He didn't go to a stranger house. His family was inside he the house. He was going to wake up in time. He didn't want to set the church on fire, his own house. I just want to living. I want to know, did he expect the fire to burn down the racial epithets? Because that would have seemed like not a smart part of the plan. He went back to sleep. He'd be like, it's a hate crime. He got undressed. Yeah, he took his clothes off. off. He's like, let the baby put the fire out. Why would you, like, you like, I just want to be extra comfortable. It's going to get hot real soon. He's like, yeah, I always sleep in the nude. She'll know I'm up to something if I don't hop in there naked. Man, that's an hour away from Charlotte. Chesterfield uh, County Chesterfield. is. Yes, it's an hour away. So, Brandy, what's your guess? What do you think his race is? Oh, man. I, 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 I will say black, but I, I think it, it could be a surprise, like, really bad at, like, oh, white guy who's just like, oh, yeah, black people wrote nigger on my, my house. But I'm going to say it's a black guy. Sparger says, I blame Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. He's black. Seven names for a church didn't know Moon Crickets formed a denomination. No, oh, oh my. The Lord, ha, told me, ha, to show you, ha, that no weapon, ha, shall prosper. Said Red Bone. <laughs> Porch Monkey, who was waiting for God to up out the fire. To <laughs> Minister of Music. Come on now. He's black. <laughs> and gay. No, I'm just joking. That's <laughs> oh shout out to every black church. That sound like black, blacker than dead Mike from CB4. The correct answer it is, oh, he's black, y'all. <laughs> black, black, y'all. No, black, y'all. Black, 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 y'all. Yo, nobody missed that. Nobody missed that. Man, that guy right there. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's been watching too many ins- inspirational quotes on Instagram telling him not to ever give up, mm-hmm. fulfill your dreams, because apparently that like wasn't if enough. I he watched at least like three episodes of Forensics Files, that would have went down better. Oh <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that was just open and shut. Maybe, maybe I just feel be. bad that the police had to pretend like for 10 days they didn't know it was him. <laughs> <laughs> they just walked up there like, come on, man. I guess he didn't have the ear of the Lord in his prayers. 
He's like, weren't fulfilled. You know, when the police showed up, they're just like, you, you really gonna make me do this? <laughs> you really gonna make us go act like it's not you? He's like, listen, man, I'm telling you, I was racially profiled. Like, you lived here for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we ah! have, <laughs> also, I want to know how was that supposed to keep him from paying the rent? <laughs> like, is, there, is the rent no longer due if you behind on the rent if the well, shit if you burns out? Maybe. Well, maybe nope. that's what he's going for that insurance. That's a good point, Brandy. You're a diabolical motherfucker. But they still want their money right then for the next. Right. It's so like you get still... that check. He got well, he got well, three also, months of their homes. If it was a hate crime, people would donate and they'd feel bad for it and they'd cover his rent. Ideally. Oh, that's as a his, good point too. As his wife, though, Karen, as a woman, would you stand by this type of behavior? No, <laughs> if your we, husband was we, doing we, sitting out so far, you tried to kill me and. Your punk ass let my baby go out there and put that fire out. No. <laughs> Wouldn't you know something was up when he didn't wait, he, when the house didn't burn down to the sixth? <laughs> I mean, automatically, it's, something's up. And now they don't even have a car anymore. Right. Well, the car didn't work anyway. <laughs> yeah, she was already riding the bus with him. Yeah. They could have lived yeah, in that car, though. That, that, that well, would not have, have been in well. Because, you know, especially uh, women uh, love, men love their kids, too. But it's mm. one of those things where women go, you, you let my baby go out there? That is, that is a good like, point. Like he didn't that, even put it out himself. He was like, I'm still asleep. And see, that, that's the problem I had. That's why I call him a punk ass. Your grown ass strip butt naked got in the bed and let this child <laughs> go out there and put this fire out. He and wants he, you to feel his um, dick or treat. And he let the dog stay out there with the fire. What an asshole. Yeah, he gonna let everybody die. And then I kept thinking, you tried to kill me? We would have issues. All right, we but, got another one. But guys. did you leave though, Karen? Issues versus leaving. You might have issues, but you stay. I feel like if you try to burn me to death, that is, that counts until death does its part. Yeah, because cause death was in this equation yeah. somewhere. Yeah, attempted death is close enough for me. A Connecticut couple is facing charges in a child abuse case after investigators say one used an electric dog collar to punish a child in his care. Oh, my. Spare the rod, spoil the child, I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spare the votes. <laughs> <laughs> Eduardo and Paula... Montanez, a husband and wife were arrested Tuesday, five days after uh, Danbury police school employee contacted the Department of Children and Families regarding uh, suspected child abuse. A joint investigation by DCF and Danbury police, uh, Danbury police revealed that Eduardo Montanez had used a pet safe barking collar on a nine-year-old girl in the couple's care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, police say the couple was upset about the girl's progress report. <laughs> so Martinez put the dog, the bark collar around her neck and forced her to bark so the collar would shock her. Oh, see, <gasps> now I'm confused about the race. Because, oh. <laughs> you know, it's only a certain race that uses those dog collars on their fe- children. This feels a lot like in the Mac when Goldie made Tony stick himself. <laughs> bark, Tony! Bark! <laughs> Mark yourself. Shock yourself. Um, it was not clear if the child is the couple's uh daughter. <laughs> well, oh, what? this somebody else's child. Whose kid is this? <laughs> Just shocking random nine year olds oh, now? He wow. got children in the basement. We've seen that before in Ohio. <laughs> that don't end well. Uh, well, I find this whole thing to be revolting. <laughs> Paul- I'm just shocked <laughs> and appalled. <laughs> Um, I, I hope mean, they collar this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be electrifying to find out he was a woman well, <laughs> posing as a man? It's sad. It's sad we see a married couple go down like this because they clearly had a spark. 
uh paula montanez was reportedly present when it happened and did nothing to stop the abuse <gasps> according to police the girl went back to school and told the teacher about her problems at home <laughs> i, I mean was, he hey, has a long leash uh, <laughs> to play with hey i wonder how that conversation went she was like what's wrong tina <laughs> Tina fell down the well. Earth. Oh, you've been getting shocked at home. Earth, earth. For having a bad progress report. Um, the victim told police the shock collar incident had only happened once, but marks on her neck indicated it may have happened more often. She also told investigators the couple had beaten her several times. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Mar- <laughs> Wait. I like that Karen was shocked at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like shocking and beating? Come on now. I thought she was. I thought she was gonna say finally she was teaching somebody to understand DMX. Yeah, Karen, <laughs> Karen is the person that waits to the end of pressures to be like, "Oh, she had it right." Yeah, mm, this is not gonna turn around. No, this is not. I had faith, but I think it's been worse. <laughs> so it wasn't her running down the street with a bucket of chicken. Right. <laughs> Apparently, these flashbacks was of sexual assault. <laughs> I guess so. Who knew? Um, Eduardo Montanez, 43, was charged with third degree assault. Two counts of risk of injury to a minor and cruelty to a person. He was held on $250,000 bond. Paula Montanez, who's 34, was charged with two counts of risk of injury uh, to a minor, conspiracy to to commit third degree assault, and conspiracy to commit cruelty to a person. Her bond was set at $200,000 because she's a woman. Both are due in Danbury Superior Court on October 30th. Law lawyers, uh the lawyer information was not immediately available. You know what? Now this is in one case where I demand that women have equality. Cause I'll be like, her bond need to be two fifty two, man. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know? Like y'all both y'all both guilty of this shit. Uh guess the race. You think the little girl was choked up when she found out her parents <laughs> were um arrested with such a high bill? Yeah, oh. probably. Probably was. <laughs> um so uh guess the race of uh, somebody else's child too. Mm-hmm. Guess the race, guys. Um, they frequently shop at the Goya section in the grocery store. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Latino. Latino and okay, all right. Let's see what the chat room says. One who had the TLC waterfalls video shot on his back. Oh, oh my <laughs> shit! That's some, but that's some good racism. That's right there. pretty good. Mbia, was it Mia Eleven? That, I think that's a newcomer. That's pretty. Watch that, your back, Leonard. That's that might be Ricky of the Year. I know. That's that's pretty good, right Ricky there. Ricky of the Year for guess the race. Yeah, he put up a triple double on his first game. <laughs> uh, tortilla. Burrito eater who thought the kid was a chihuahua. <laughs> oh my. Uh, Latino and put some hot sauce on my burrito, baby. The correct answer is for the final, the final one. Latino. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Yo. I, NBA 11 probably should just win that one off of just that one. <laughs> That equals all the uh, racist comments mm-hmm. for like weeks. Yeah, that was pretty good. Then. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, pretty good. And Leonard has had some excellent racist. He wasn't comments. here today, man. He fucked See, up. That's, that's what happened when he, he, he lost his crown, fucking around to start feeling comfortable. Uh, we can't leave without talking about one of the major issues plaguing uh, this world, and we always make time to talk about it all the blackout tips and that is sword ratchetness people it continues and we continue to report on it 
Three people, including at least one student, were taken into custody at Central Connecticut State University on Monday after a security scare and a lockdown that campus police said may have been caused by a student in a Halloween costume carrying a sword. Uh-oh. Now, I appreciate how serious they took this. When you see someone with a sword, it's not a party favor. It's not a joke. It's To me, I, I don't know it's going to sound controversial, swords are more offensive than blackface. When you show up, <laughs> you show up with a sword costume as a ninja and it's a real sword. I'm more scared of you than if you show up with a KKK hood. I'm sorry. A university officials, uh, called the school on lock, uh, put the school on lockdown for several hours after campus police received calls about a suspicious person. The investigators quickly harassed all of the black people on campus. Well, yeah. that didn't help. They traced the incident to a dormitory building where video footage showed the person entering shortly after nine, the 911 calls. No weapons were recovered. Right now, what we're doing is going back into the, the room to search, said Chris Cervoni, chief of the campus police force. Uh, he said police received calls about a person who appeared to be carrying a sword and possibly a gun. And, but Savoni, Savoni allowed it possibly could have been a Halloween costume. No one was injured in the incident. Savoni added that the campus officials are not treating the incident as a prank. It wasn't a prank because there was concern. There was alarm. Good. You shouldn't treat it as a prank. Treat it seriously. You go there, you taser the fuck out of someone. Ain't that the truth? Uh, U.S. schools have been on a heightened alert in recent years following a strong string of shooting incidents, including an attack on an elementary school in Newton, Connecticut, last December, in which a gunman killed 20 young children and six adults. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't care if it's a Halloween costume. These sword owners are so devious, they will try to sneak it past you guys. Yes. They'll be like, oh, it's just a costume. Next thing you know, it's three in the morning. Your guts are all over the fucking floor. Oh, you're bleeding to death. Yeah, you're like, why is my lower intestine on the outside of my body? Oh, it's because you happen to trust somebody with a sword. You thought they were trick-or-treating, and it turns out the trick was on you. Even Rick was scared of Michonne because mm-hmm. of her sword. Exactly. It's like, not he, a game. He didn't learn. He, she. It took her weeks to earn his trust. She's the deadliest motherfucker on the show, and all she Thank got is a sword. Yep. Yeah, she is. Think about it. She's the only one that had the zombies working for her. Exactly. You cannot trust these sword owners, man. Um, But uh, this has been another episode of the Blackout Tips, man. Make sure you guys check out Brandy on Twitter. She's at It's the Brandy mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, Houseofprocrastination.org. Uh, what do you write on there? Um, Have you been writing anything lately, Brandy? I haven't really wrote, written a lot lately. Um, but yeah, I'll be at Acme Comedy Company next week, uh, opening for Nick DiPaolo and then Rory Scoville later in that week. Um, but yeah, uh, links are on Twitter. Go to my Twitter page. Make sure you go check her out on, uh, uh, B. Cole. I know you out there. Um, also, um, <laughs> it's the only black person I know in Minnesota. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. that's why we picking him. He's, him he's the only soul brother out there. Um, him, her, and the, and the, and the girl he met on the bus. Shout out yeah. to all three of y'all. Soul brother number one. Uh, and, uh, actually, I think there's one more person out there and I'm forgetting her name right now. Uh oh. Well, it, well, it's, that oh, makes she don't get mad. Four? Yeah. Okay, it's for y'all. Yeah. Y'all should I, link up. Ru, uh, I think Rue Box Riot. I think she's out there. Y'all should link up, get a coalition going. Mm hmm. All four of y'all, man. Um, blacksploitationpodcast.com um what's the last thing y'all guys uh y'all y'all guys covered uh we just watched disco godfather and i think tomorrow we're gonna be watching um monkey hustle 
Monkey Hustle. <laughs> I've never heard of either one of those. Yeah. Me either. Um, Pretty I think sure that's what we're watching. Now you're finding these on um, Netflix? Netflix, Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. So, um, like, uh, it's you and Bill. Who's who's this Bill guy? Uh, Bill's one of my friends. He, uh, he, I know him through, like, theater stuff here in town. Um, yeah. Cool dude. All right. Cool, man. Well, oh, yeah. uh, can they find us? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a link to that podcast, like their Twitter handle and my profile too on Twitter. Okay, cool. So just go to It's the Brandy. All right. Brandy with I. Make sure you guys do that, man. Uh, support her. She's a very funny mm-hmm. um, person. And, uh, don't, you know, I know she's private, guys, but don't let it fool you, man. She's, uh, still a good follow. She is. And, uh, hilarious. Um, and, uh, fellas, man, she's, she looks good, man. Don't, don't think that the little baby picture is a catfish, dog. I thought it was too. <laughs> I, I was shocked as you. Yeah, buddy. Oh, she was like, here's some of my stand up. I was like, well, you know, uh, fat people are funny and I'm fat. I understand. Then I was like, God damn, what the fuck? Um, make sure you also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Roderick's Prime. I'm say that again. That is in DAT. Rhyme over reason. It feels right, right? I normally don't even say the Twitter handles no more, but Justin's here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, com five star reviews on iTunes. We'll read them on the show, regardless of content. Keep signing up for premium. Uh, donate to the show, leave comments on the site, all that stuff that you can do. Thank you to Adam and Eve for sponsoring the show. TBGWT is the code you put in at checkout. Get all your discounts. Yes, sir. And, uh, we'll be back tomorrow at seven special time. Um, and we're going to talk with Monica from, uh, Film Geek Radio's Cinema Fix podcast. Um, and at nine, we're supposed to be on Chillin' Owens Tastes Like Fried Chicken. chicken. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Until tomorrow, I love you. You too, baby. Mwah. Mwah.